What is up you lovely fucking specimens, it is your boy RogueX, the one and only. Now, welcome back to today's video. I say welcome back, but I literally haven't uploaded in three months. So, um, hello? You know, if you uh, still remember me, it's, yeah, it's RogueX. Anyway, today we're here with a video that, um, again, I meant to get done like three months ago, but there was a lot of shit that happened in between, and that is none other than what if Naruto had the 10 tables. Now, again, I've been meaning to do this video for the longest fucking time, but honestly, I have this fear that I'm not going to be able to do it right, but um, honestly, there are people who are probably going to do it better than me anyway. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much that. Now, before I do actually get into the what if. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, hopefully keeping it under five minutes. So if you don't want to listen to me go off on a tangent as to why I haven't uploaded for three months and or what is going to happen with the future of this channel, please skip to this timestamp right here on screen. Thank you very much. Now, as for the people who wanted to stay and listen, I do have some news and some other shit regarding um, the channel myself and other things like that, which obviously need to get off my chest. Now, the reason, the f like, first and foremost reason I haven't uploaded in three months is because I've now just moved, um, house, like, and when I say move house, I mean, like, I've moved, moved. Like, it was a long fucking trip, man. And, um, not just that, but there's been so much shit happening. Like, so much, like, it's kind of hard to even try recollect all of it. It's fucking crazy, but... We've surpassed 30,000 subscribers, which, I mean, <laughs> that in and of itself is fucking crazy to me. And obviously, I did post a, um, a community tab about a month ago. I know, that fucking terrible timing of me, uh, saying that I would explain everything in the 30k what if, and obviously that is what I'm going to do. Obviously, the 10 tails what if is the 30k special, and I'm going to try and make it as long as I can, so you can enjoy. But that's that. Now, um... As regarding the future of the channel, um, I'm sad to say that I'm pretty much only going to be uploading for 2023. Uh, the chances of me continuing YouTube after 2023 are very, very unlikely, if not um, impossible. And that's just, you know, because I've got, I've got my own plans. I said this like years ago, you know, when I started and when I've made... Um, subscriber specials in between and shit. I know I'm not the best YouTuber. I'm not, I know I'm not consistent by any means. And, uh, you know, I know that I had a lot better potential, but sadly, what ifs, um, you know, they're not as exciting as they used to be. And I mean, that's, that's to be expected. Like, don't get me wrong. I still fucking love the shit out of anime. I love manga and I still love what ifs as a whole. I'm just not as passionate about them as I was, and you know, my brain isn't as programmed for these what-ifs as they used to be, which does make me a little sad, but at least I do have some of the relics being my older videos, and my, uh, my higher-pitched voice, which sort of, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it makes it worth it. Um, I do love all of you guys, though, and I do appreciate all of you sticking around and subscribing and liking my videos and shit. It does mean a lot. But sadly, uh, yeah, 2023 is pretty much going to be my last year on YouTube, I think. So let's try and make this year the best that we can. Um, so with saying that, 
if you have any ideas that you want me to get done before I leave, drop all of them. And when I say all of them, I mean literally all of them. Um, in the comments section, like, dislike the video, subscribe, unsubscribe, it doesn't really bother me. You're still putting me in the algorithm, so that's cool. Um, as regarding my parted series, I'm going to wrap all of them up with a final or finale part, because um, obviously there are a lot of unfinished series that I have to finish, so don't worry about those ones, they're all going to get finished. Um, but yeah, more onto movies and how we're going to go down the line. Pretty much all what-ifs are going to be full stories or one-shots, and yeah, that's, that's how we're going to do this shit from now on. So thank you for listening to my tangent. I know I haven't been the most cooperative with all of you um, over the past couple of months, and for that I do apologize, but I make no promises in uh, consistent uploads. I'm, I've never been good at being consistent. But I think that's, uh, I think that's what makes me special is because, yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie about how fucking good or bad I am at this at this job. Because it kind of is a job to me now, as much as it used to be a hobby, like I said. Passions and feelings are still there, just not as intense as they used to burn, sadly. And um, obviously, I do have bigger plans for my life. And will I ever resurface on YouTube, if any of you are wondering? Maybe. Just maybe. But that really covers that and all the depressing shit. So, on to the good part of this video. The actual what-if, before I do actually jump into it. As you can just try and process or even give a little bit of a thought to, this whole timeline is going to be mixed and matched and is by no means going to be a hard thing for Naruto, um, physically or, you know, um, strength-wise anyway. It's more going to be a mental battle for Naruto, but I will get into that. Obviously, the Ten Tails in and of itself being solely within Naruto changes the story a stupendous fucking amount, which... I mean, that's to be expected. It's probably one of the biggest uh, storyline shifts that you could do in Naruto is giving the main character all of the powers, pretty much. So yeah, that I'd say that pretty much covers that. But before we do actually jump in, I would just like to give a big, big shout out to Anime X for this. I know that he's not in the What If community anymore, and he did leave quite a while ago. But I'd say... Uh, you know, actually, no, out of respect, I'm going to refer to him as Broken Ronin because that is, you know, his current name. And, you know, he's currently doing his Jujutsu Kaisen content over there on his Broken Ronin channel. If you obviously don't pay attention to him or you don't know that, well, now you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, the whole point of this tangent is uh, just to thank him because, you know, I love this idea. It was one of the first what ifs I ever watched. And,. Now I'm actually doing it. Wow, that's, uh, that's weird. <laughs> but, you know what? I'm gonna stop, uh, continuing this tangent so we go over ten minutes. And with all that out the way and that being said, let's jump straight into this what if. Okay, so when we jump into this, we are going to start off from roughly around the same time that the Naruto anime did. And obviously that covers Naruto being raised, and obviously this has changed by a lot of factors. The factors being that Kushina was the original Jinchuriki for the Ten Tails, and uh, the whole, you know, Naruto actually being able to be a vessel for the Ten Tails. Now, kind of going to uh, latch on to Anime X's story a little bit here, in the sense that 
all of the Tentails is going to be transferred from Kushina over to Naruto, and in the process, both Kushina and Minato are going to die from this. Kushina, because she's obviously going to have a tailed beast removed from her, or the ten tails removed from her, which will kill her no matter which way you look at it. And then obviously there's the sealing of the ten tails, which kills Minato. Now, Hiruzen obviously is going to try his very best. And when I say very best, I mean that ironically, because we all know how Hiruzen treats Naruto. It's, n it's never good. And considering how much hate and backlash Naruto got from having just the Nine Tails alone, and obviously we all know, we all paid attention to Naruto, he had crippling depression, and I don't mean that in a comedic way, he literally did. He had um, just a lot of shit to deal with in the canonical storyline, right? We're talking about a kid with just the Nine Tails and the pure backlash and hatred he got from just being associated with it, like, he did nothing wrong. Like, you gotta keep in mind, Naruto did nothing wrong. But, obviously, everyone's going to have their opinion, and in this case, it makes Naruto a hero. However, that's talking about the canonical storyline. In this, it's, it's gonna be a little different. The Ten Tails within Naruto is going to cause at least, well, <sighs> double the damage to his psyche. Because the Nine Tails in and of itself, yes, did a lot of damage to the village, but we're talking about the Ten Tails here. So this Ten Tails is going to cause not just more destruction, more collateral damage, more casualties, fatalities, you get the point. The hatred towards Naruto is pretty much going to be coming from everyone, even Hiruzen, Danzo, the Anbu, you name it. The only person that's, well, you know, not scared of Naruto, or should I say the only two people not scared of Naruto, are the people that relate to him, or at least one of them does, and that person would be Sasuke Uchiha. Now, as for the other person, well, you can probably take a crack and a guess at who that is, but we will disclose that later. Now, as for Naruto being raised all the way up until, let's say, the graduation exam, which is a bit of a plot hole because they never explained how Naruto had to redo it and his age didn't really correlate with that, but we're not going to go down, you know, plot holes and shit. We're not going down that. Instead, Naruto, right, he looks different. He acts different. He just, he's different. Like, there's no, there's no disputing that. We're talking about a kid with paley white skin or paley white scaly skin he has the white hair truth seeking orbs he can fly the renegon giving him well pretty much unlimited potential because he can not only understand every jutsu just by um, i can't say every jutsu well i mean i can but more to the point naruto is able to not only replicate a jutsu after seeing it once he perfects it after seeing it once. And this is just something that he is fine with. He's not only a prodigy, it's more in the sense of he's beyond everything. He's beyond comprehension, I suppose, is a good way to put it. Like, the point of Naruto even going to the academy is kind of useless because he's stronger physically physically 
no, I was about to say mentally, that is not true. That is the one thing that pretty much everyone has over him is mental strength. But physically, you know, speed-wise, just he's different. Different in the sense that he can literally body anyone given enough time, even at such a young age. Like, we're talking about a 13-year-old Naruto who's gone through so much shit up until this point and is so strong it just it doesn't make sense that they would be yelling at him and when i say yelling at him like they throw shit at him they try kill him they try control him there's so many things that happen to naruto in terms of him seeing the true colors of society the true colors of humans in and of themselves and the only reason why he is still alive and still somehow in control of his own body and how he hasn't actually let go and let the Ten Tails rampage again is because of a certain girl named Hinata Hugo. Now, because Naruto has the Jubi inside of him, he does also have all of the abilities that all of the Tailed Beasts had, which also allows him to sense emotion. Now, no, the Nine Tails only allowed to sense negativity or ill intent, but it's the fucking Ten Tails, bro. I mean, when you get access to Senjutsu, it's not hard to figure out what people are feeling. So, more to the point here, Naruto is confused because his whole life, right, up until 13 years of age, has been nothing but hatred, disgust, malevolence, He's only seen the dark side of life, and he has pretty much come to a conclusion on all humans. You know, they all have the mob mentality, they're all disgusting, and, you know, they don't realize what... Yeah, anyway, there's, there's a lot of opinions that Naruto has on humans. And he thought by the age, you know, of maturity, or getting to the age of maturity, he fully understood them. There's one person that defies that, and that person would be Hinata. Because every time he walks past her, or sees her from a distance, or even, you know, tries, tries, an emphasis on tries here, tries to talk to her, he can just tell that she's different, right? She doesn't react with ill intent, she smiles at him, which no one does, she sort of just has this gentle warmth around him, and it confuses Naruto, because no one else is like this, you know, she's like an anomaly in the system. So, just based off of that, Naruto wants to figure out what exactly she sees within him that he can't see. And you gotta keep in mind that Naruto, as of, you know, the graduation exam in the academy, is doing pretty bad mentally. Like, we're talking about a guy who's constantly battling over who has control of his body, right? Now, you gotta keep in mind the Ten Tails in and of itself doesn't have its own ideals or opinions or even personality. It is literally a bowl of raging chakra, of chaotic raging chakra. That is what the Ten Tails is. It doesn't have its own set personality. And because of that, Naruto is basically constantly in a tug of war for his own body with this fucking beast. And that can get mentally draining sometimes. But even despite that, this girl, Hinata, has installed the tiniest bit of hope. And with this hope, Naruto 
has been able to make it through the unthinkable, which is literally battling with one of the strongest fucking demons in the Naruto-verse every single day as a 13-year-old child. I mean, even <clears throat> younger than 13, you know? Like, as he got older, the seal of control on the tentails was getting loose and loose, and Naruto couldn't really do anything about it. So he had to adapt with that, which did make him a little stronger mentally, but it also made him a little unstable at the same time. And this pretty much means that Naruto can change at the snap of a finger on some days. There are some days where he's good at controlling it, and some days where he's not. And because of this, he's had a lot of issues and, you know, problems. Not even just in the academy, but in the village itself. Obviously, there have been times where, you know, villagers have come up and tried to beat him up, um, you know, assuming they actually have the balls to do so, um, or even just throwing shit at him, or calling him names, or cocky shinobi thinking they can take out fucking the jubi, you know? Uh, it's stupid, but uh, Naruto has, nah, he's made a lot of people disappear, for lack of better words, you know, and both Hiruzen and Danzo are aware of this, you know, they're aware that people have gone missing because they've tried to fuck with Naruto, but there's nothing they can do about it, and trust me, Danzo has tried, there have been times where he sent his entire squadron to go take care of Naruto, even if it's just to retrieve a truth-seeking orb, or one of his Renegon. They haven't gotten close, and they have tried everything. Now, you have to keep in mind, over the past 13 years from birth, Hiruzen obviously tried his best to look after Naruto, but after he got past the age of, what, five, Naruto became too unpredictable, to actually look after. And I know that sounds like an excuse, and it is. That is Hiruzen's shitty-ass excuse for it. And because of Hiruzen basically abandoning him, this pretty much made Naruto's mental state decay to a point where suicide was a casual thing for him to think about. And I know that may be a trigger word for some people, but... um. You know, I, I say it how it is, even if I'm talking about hypothetical storylines, but if you get offended by hypothetical what if, you're just a fucking snowflake, go away. But more to the point here, okay? Even with this, this you know, these thoughts, right? These, these triggering thoughts, these, these dark and, you know, malevolent thoughts that he has, he can't die. Like, he has tried... And when I say try it, I mean like, every conceivable way, he's let villagers beat on him and stab him and blow him up. And well, when I say blow up, that's more the shinobi that do the blowing up, you know, with paper bombs and, and shit. But like, the stabbing and the punching and the fucking, like, everything has been tried. Nothing works. Even Danzo's unit, when they pulled up to try and, you know, jump up on Naruto, Naruto was like, okay, try your best. And nothing worked, like literally nothing. They'd cut his arms off, they'd stabbed him, they'd removed his head, blown him up, tried to seal him, literally nothing works. And it got to a point where Naruto was like, yeah, you know what? And he just wiped all of Danzo's thing. And because of this, Danzo 
pretty much gave up or I suppose retreated in terms of him, you know, trying to control Naruto. Because that night that Naruto snapped and wiped his squad, I think Danzo might have just realized how fucking, you know, in the shit he is if he tries to keep doing this. But nonetheless, I digress. Now, Naruto in the academy itself. Obviously, he doesn't have friends, and, you know, I wouldn't consider Sasuke a friend either, but Naruto doesn't consider Sasuke an enemy, because, you know, Sasuke doesn't give him weird looks, Sasuke isn't afraid of him, Sasuke, you know, he doesn't throw shit at him, he doesn't do any of that shit, he's just sort of like a neutral person, you know? But Naruto is extremely jealous, as much as he doesn't want to admit it, he is extremely jealous of Sasuke. And that's just because Sasuke's popular. Everyone likes Sasuke, they want to sit next to him, they want to be his friend. And it would take quite a while for Naruto to understand something, and you know, that would be that Sasuke is an outcast just like him. But again, that's going to take a while for Naruto to process. They're going to have to bond before that happens. More to the point though, as for Naruto actually passing the graduation exam, that would be a piece of piss for him. That'd probably be one of the easiest things he's ever done. Doing clones and shit is nothing when you can fly. And yes, I probably haven't, you know, actually specified that, but Naruto can fly. It's it's not hard for him whatsoever. Like, it's a casual thing that he learned, that he learned to do at a young age. And even, like, all the five basic nature releases, Naruto can do a lot of jutsu from them. He has yin release, yang release, and yin yang release. So the motherfucker can create new jutsu if he really wants to. It's just, for him, it's not about how many jutsu he has and shit, it's how efficiently he can do it. And the only thing that Naruto is searching for is acceptance. That's all he's ever wanted, is acceptance from other people. And because of this, the only way he thinks he'll be able to attain that is by becoming the Hokage. Now, before you think and say, oh my god, you're just doing the basic line, the basic storyline, except he has the ten tails, shut the fuck up. We're 20 minutes in. We're not even close to being done. So, more back to what I was saying. This is Naruto's thoughts, right? If he becomes the Hokage, a guy that can, you know, control the village and lead it, then maybe he'll be accepted. Just maybe. These people will start respecting him and stop treating him like he's not human. And I mean, he's kind of not, but he is at the same time. So, actually, no, I'd probably just refer to him as God. He's not even human. He's like beyond human, but more to the point, okay? Naruto blitzing the academy, that shit's easy, right? That's, that's nothing, except the only problem with the entire thing is that it's rigged. The whole thing's been rigged. Naruto is not allowed to graduate, right? He's not. And the reason for this is because the entire academy is just aware of Naruto and how he is. Now, I have specified that Naruto can change at the click of a finger, right? If something aggravates him or pushes the wrong button, he turns into a completely different person. And uh, it's not someone that anyone likes. So with that being said, 
they have banned Naruto from becoming a shinobi, um, at least through normal methods. And yes, it is simply because of his mental vulnerability and just the unstableness of his mind in and of itself. However, power-wise, I mean, dude, Naruto could be the sole protector for Konoha by himself, even at a young age. Like, he is just that powerful. Like, there's no debating that he is literally the most powerful in Konoha. So, by all means, he could easily become a shinobi, like, power-wise. But they are aware of his, his dark mind, his mind that is just unpredictable. Now, Naruto would be bummed as fuck, you know? Like, after going through all the training and doing literally everything that was asked of him, the cloning, the aim, and the precision with the shurikens, hand-to-hand -hand combat, it doesn't matter. He could literally blitz everyone in hand-to-hand -hand combat with one hand behind his back and his fucking eyes closed. He doesn't even need to use his Renegon. He can literally just use basic sensory abilities and clap everyone in the academy, tuning included. However, like I said, it's always the mental... Nah, it's not actually. They're just looking for a fucking excuse to keep him out of the academy. Like, being realistic. But nonetheless, Naruto in a shit mood and feeling kind of defeated would begin sort of hovering home. And he's not walking, he's hovering because he's like, eh, fuck it. Now, what would happen is as he would be heading home, Mizuki would approach him saying that there is actually a way that he can still become a shinobi. Now, Naruto would be a little bit on guard because he's seen Mizuki before and, you know, Mizuki hasn't treated him like shit, but hasn't really treated him like a human either. Although Naruto has sort of noticed that he kind of treats everyone like that. He doesn't treat them like shit, but he doesn't treat them like humans either. So, yeah, that's fun. Now, more to the point, Naruto being a little on guard would ask what he wants. And Mizuki would pretty much just explain to him that there is a secret second way to become a shinobi, and that would obviously be through means of taking the scroll of sealing. Now, Naruto would think about this, and uh, him wanting to become a shinobi so badly, and also, sadly, being quite immature, not for his age by any means, but still being immature mentally and not having a lot of experience with people in terms of you know, being manipulated and, you know, being vulnerable to others, he would fall for this. And he would indeed go off to steal the scroll of sealing. And obviously they would have the meeting place and so on and so forth, but Naruto would be able to get the scroll with little ease. Like, it wouldn't be that hard. He'd be able to sneak in without making a sound because he can literally fly and would sneak out. Now, as Naruto flies over to the location, he would uh, open up the scroll because, I mean, he has a lot of time to spare, so he would open up the scroll and he would begin reading through it. Now, you got to keep in mind, this is the scroll of ceiling. So we're talking about forbidden jutsu, a lot of forbidden jutsu, and Naruto would, uh, he would just start fucking around with these, like he would see them and 
he would literally just begin doing the hand signs, in which he would start recreating all these forbidden jutsu. Except, he would tweak it, and then basically add it to his own arsenal. And there'd be, there'd be quite a couple of jutsu that he looks at and goes, oh, that's actually really fucking cool. And like, he's just going based off of how cool it looks. Like, he'd practice with them a little bit, but nothing to thing. I mean, dude, he he's basically God. Like, there's no other way for me to put this. He's basically God. Now, I know you're probably also wondering, I didn't explain exactly as to how Naruto can hold the power of the Ten Tails. However, my boy is literally the reincarnation of Hagaromo's son, Ostra, so I, I feel like that covers everything that needs to be covered, you know? He's basically descendant of Sage of Six Paths, so... I mean, yeah, like, there's, there's not really much else you need to say there. So... More back to uh, that, after Naruto has a blast with learning all these fucking silly and stupid and fun jutsu, such as, you know, the Shadow Clone jutsu, you know, Kagebushin, and a couple of forbidden wind techniques, fire techniques, and a couple of other ceiling techniques that we're not going to talk about just yet, Mizuki would finally arrive, and Naruto would immediately sense something off. Like, he would immediately sense the ill intent that Mizuki is harboring toward him. And Naruto would turn his head and then begin tilting it. And as he's tilting it, Mizuki's ill intent would change from, like, anger and bloodlust to, like, fear and despair. And that would be, like, the second he made eye contact with Naruto, Mizuki would know that he's fucked. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's sort of like Mizuki can already predict what's about to happen to him, and because he can predict what's about to happen to him, just based off of, like, sheer, <laughs> like, imagination, like, I suppose a good way to explain it would be if you've ever watched One Punch Man, we all know that the number one hero, or it's not, I mean, it is Blast, but it's what, number three hero, King? Actually, I don't know what he ranks at. He's pretty high ranking, though. Nonetheless, we know that he has the power of intimidation, but that's like literally the only power he has, right? <laughs> Going off of that, like that type of intimidation and foresight, like you're about to get fucked up, that's what Mizuki would experience. Please excuse my tangent, I know that was a horrible explanation of what I was trying to talk about. But more back to the point, Mizuki would be frozen in fear as Naruto tilts his head at him, right? And uh, yeah, in the span of a split second, Mizuki would have a giant hole in his chest. He would have been made into a donut. And this would be because Naruto had pretty much manipulated one of the truth-seeking orbs on his back and extended it to then blow a hole through Mizuki. And uh, it would not be pretty by any means. Naruto would then walk up to him with the scroll and kind of just drop the scroll next to him before turning around, walking to the little hut which he was close to and proceeding to just beat the shit out of it. And I know you're probably wondering why the shit is he beating holes into a shack? Like, what? But this is more of... I suppose an internal discussion for Naruto. Not between him and the Ten Tails, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But instead, 
he's disgusted at himself that he actually thought he could believe Mizuki. Like, after all the shit he's been through, Naruto says to himself, like, how could you be so stupid? After all the shit that's happened, you thought or you think you would have learned by now. But, you know, he's just sort of... He's just mad at himself. And because of this, this allows the Tentails to latch onto him a lot easier because he's more unstable than usual. And uh, this would cause a mini outrage, which would sort of, I suppose a good way to put it, would kind of be like the mix of Gara and Shukaku, the hybrid form. That's sort of what this would be like, except Naruto would, well, he'd be causing a lot of damage to the forest. However, just like Obito did in piecing himself back together, Naruto would soon realize that he's losing control and would focus his attention on one thought in his mind, Hinata Hugo. Now, after he does this, the Tentails would begin receding back into himself as he returns to his base Tentails form. Now, after this, Naruto would pick up the scroll, be kind of disappointed that he, you know, let himself get to that point um, of, you know, mental vulnerability for the Tentails, and uh, yeah, would pick up the scroll before returning it, leaving a little note with Hiruzen, um, or with the scroll so Hiruzen can find it, and then he would head home. Now, as he heads home, he would try something that he hasn't tried in ages, and that is trying to push back the Tentails and gain more control over its power. Now, Naruto would begin meditating, and as he's meditating, he begins hovering off of the ground. He then proceeds to go into his own psyche, as he is confronted with the gigantic one-eyed beast. Now, Naruto standing there, still in base Jinchuriki form in front of the Tentails, with his Renegon and truth-seeking orbs, he would begin to try and take control of more of its chakra. In retaliation, he would get probably one of the loudest screams that any beast has ever released in the Naruto-verse. This would, uh, I suppose, in lack of a better word, discombobulate him, which would uh, it would kind of fuck up his whole mental focus and his, uh, <laughs> his attempt to gain control over the Juvie. Now, the, with this, the Tentails would begin devouring him, but once again, Naruto would realize what's beginning to happen and would focus on one thought again, which would be Hinata. Now, if she is, well, not only smart enough, but if she's kind enough to see something inside of Naruto, then obviously it's worth living. Now, with the mental strength that Naruto gets when he thinks of Hinata, he would be able to keep himself in one whole piece, even if only for a temporary amount of time. Naruto would then sort of begin releasing these chains out of himself, and obviously they'd be the chains of hell, but with this, he would try and begin restraining the Tentails. And with this overwhelming surge of mental fortitude, he would begin 
gaining control of some of the Ten Tails. Even if it is only tiny fractions, he would still do it. Now, if I were to put it into a percentile of how much Naruto gained control over this, you know, over the Ten Tails in this meditation, uh, I'd say setting, but let's just say in this in this session of meditation, I'd probably say Naruto's gained maybe 10% control out of everything that is there. Now, 10% doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, if we're talking about the Ten Tails and just how much power it has, ah, that's, that's a fucking, that's a lot of power. So, this would be quite a breakthrough. However, with one problem dealt with, another problem arises, such as one door closing and another one opening. Now, Naruto, like I said, would have this breakthrough, right? He would be feeling a shit ton stronger physically, he'd be feeling better mentally, even if a little bit. And then the problem would arise, which is, yes, he now has bigger chakra reserves, but now he has been degraded into a state of where he's sort of merging himself more with the Tentails, which in this situation, pretty much means that this is no longer a battle of tug of war. This is basically now having two people in one body, which means that Naruto dealing with uh, the Tentails, <sighs> it's going to get a fuck ton worse unless he finds a way to fully overcome the Tentails chaotic nature. Now, with this being said, yes, this means that Naruto is going to have a harder time controlling his emotions and his outlashes, but it also means that he has access to more power, which, I mean, I suppose it's not a bad deal, but that's the way the news goes. I don't know why I said that, but more back to um, the story itself, considering I've already been talking for half an hour. Afterwards, you know, after Naruto goes home, meditates, has this breakthrough, but also breakdown, I suppose, which I'm going off on a tangent, so I'm just gonna like completely cut myself off here. More to the storyline, right? After Naruto has ascended in terms of his power and gained, you know, a little, a little more, you know, mental fortitude, um, while also sort of making it worse, he would be approached by Hiruzen the next day. Now, Hiruzen would sense a little bit of a difference in Naruto, and that would be that he is, you know, he was stronger than he was yesterday, you know, significantly, talking chakra-wise here anyway. And also, I feel like I sort of need to disclose this before I go into the whole sort of emotional thing of Hiruzen letting Naruto become a shinobi, um, more back to the point, um, is that you're probably wondering how Naruto was able to gain access to the Tentails' abilities without actually having access to the Tentails' chakra. And this is obviously because genetically my boy is still an Uzumaki and a Namikaze, which, I mean, that's a pretty OP combination if I do say so myself. Hence why the canonical storyline of Naruto is makes he's just OP. You get what I'm saying. More back to the point. Using his own chakra reserves, he was able to, well, take control of the innate abilities of the Tentails, which, 
I mean, that's kind of self-explanatory. I hope I don't need to explain that. Now, more back to the wholesome but not wholesome moment. When Hiruzen approaches him and, you know, senses this change of Naruto, he would pretty much be sure on what he wants to do. And he would take a forehead protector out of his back pocket and would hand it to Naruto, saying, I saw what you did last night and I'm grateful. He was a traitor to the village, and for that, I thank you. Please continue to look after this village as you have for the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, he would sort of say this sincerely because, you know, he doesn't want to anger or trigger Naruto because um, he, he knows what that's like. And even with the times that Naruto has outraged on the village, Hiruzen, he's just, he's not capable of retaining no not even not even retaining sorry restraining naruto's power anymore he's just he's not capable of it anymore he's too old you know he's way out of his prime they need so many shinobi to get together just to hold back even the smallest outrages of naruto you know like when he properly lashes out so that's that but nonetheless naruto would accept this differently you know he would uh, he would take it and he would, there'd be a part of him that's happy, you know, like, holy shit, I'm a shinobi now. But there's also a part of him that's thinking, like, how dare you rock up on my doorstep after all this time, you know, acting like you're doing me a favor. Like, it would, it, yeah. Put simply, there's a mature part of him that it pisses off, and then there's the child side of him that still loves Hiruzen and you know, cares about him and, and shit, you know, and I suppose a good way to put it is that Naruto, I don't want to say he has multiple personalities, but I mean, with that type of trauma, eh, it's kind of to be expected, like, let's be honest, <laughs> but nonetheless, let's start off this, now, we're at the day of the graduation picking, uh, not the graduation picking, the team picking, that's after graduation exam, that's what I meant to say, Naruto would put his forehead protector on his arm, and he would fly to school, or the academy, where he would walk in, take his seat, you know, get a couple of dirty looks from people, um, but nonetheless, he would just, he would hold his head high, he would hold it high, because even despite everyone turning against him, this motherfucker still became a shinobi, so, you know, there's, there's a part of him that's real smug right now. He's like, yeah, suck it. Like, you know, he's basically flipping everyone off. Peace among worlds. I wonder how many Rick and Morty references I can slip into this video. <laughs> More to the point, though. Naruto would be content at the moment that he is now a shinobi. His next worry is who's going to be on his team and are they going to piss him off? Well, he's about to find out shortly. Now, Aruka-sensei would walk into the classroom, and uh, he would immediately notice Naruto sitting there with a forehead protector wrapped around his arm. Now, there'd be a part of Aruka that is incredibly salty, you know, at the fact that Naruto is not only graduated, but in his classroom, and that is obviously because of what happened to his parents. However, the uh, thing is, is that as much as I don't like to admit it, 
Aruka is a good person at heart, and he is very aware that Naruto is not the Tentails. The Tentails is a completely separate entity from Naruto himself. So, putting aside his own personal feelings and judgments, he is going to begin reading out the teams. Now, all the teams are pretty much going to be the same, except for the fact that I am putting Hinata on Team 7 instead of Sakura. And this just makes more sense, because if Sakura was on Team 7, I feel like she would probably be dead within the first couple of hours. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? So, after Team 7 is announced and their Kakashi, their Kakashi is announced as their Sensei, their Sensei is announced as Kakashi, <laughs> The rest of the team's senseis would come in to collect them, and Team 7 would pretty much be the only one left behind waiting. And uh, yeah, waiting is what they would be doing. So as they're sitting there, you know, Naruto would be meditating, you know, be floating, levitating off the ground, and Hinata would pretty much just be not giving him the side eye, but she'd sort of be secretly admiring him and like watching and taking a couple peeks every now and then. Because uh, Naruto does not wear a shirt. <laughs> I mean, he has scales, for God's sakes. The only thing he really wears is pants. You know, he sort of rocks that Obito or the Jubito outfit. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. Obito rocks them pants like a motherfucker. So, more back to the point. Sasuke, you know, he'd be uh, contemplating and just sort of thinking about how exactly his journey is going to go now that he has the literal Tentails Jinchuriki on his team. Yeah, you know, he is contemplating that quite a bit. He's not against it, but he's just sort of, he's sort of worried exactly how that's going to play out. But nonetheless, as they're all doing their own separate thing, it'd probably be about 15-20 minutes later that Kakashi Sensei walks in and uh, asks the most rhetorical question, are you guys Team 7? And they will just sort of look at him with this look like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? <laughs> but him getting uh, getting the answer from the look, you know, that'd be all he needs. He would then tell them to follow him, and they would do that. They would get up, and they would follow him upstairs. Now, once they are on the roof, Kakashi would want to get to know each other, even if it's just basic shit, so he would start off with introductions. Now, the introductions would... Well, pretty much go about as well as you'd expect it, you know? Sasuke, he would, uh, I, I feel like he would still stick with his whole emo thing, but this would give, you know, Naruto even more of an insight into Sasuke's mind. And you've got to keep in mind that as much as Naruto is strong, he is also quite smart for this, and he had to learn to be smart because the whole attention ploying and the whole being a mischievous prankster like in canon that that ain't gonna work for starters um you know naruto is just he's not really i, I would say that he's not an attention seeker like he is because he wants to be noticed but at the same time it's not the noticing that's bothering him it's the acceptance you know he wants to be accepted not just noticed so yeah anyway more to the point sasuke would pretty much say that he wants to take revenge on a certain someone and kill them and you know pretty much has his whole emo 
emo speech. That, that's what that's what I always refer to it as because it's so dark and like fucking just not needed. Like I hate everything. I want to die. Like that's that's pretty much that's his vibe during the entire thing. It's like I don't like anything. I hate everything. It sucks. I don't everything. Yeah, you get you get my point, right? It's emo energy. So we move on to Naruto. Now Naruto wouldn't have bright energy by any means necessary, but he wouldn't have emo energy either. So like, you know, he'd say that his name's Naruto Uzumaki. He likes ramen. I mean, ramen's pretty kick-ass, you know. And uh, as for Teuchi, I also didn't. Ex uh, bro, I didn't even didn't even mention my the ramen boy. How could I do that? My boy Teuchi. He obviously doesn't judge Naruto either, and that's just because Naruto is his best customer in terms of ramen. So Teuchi is actually, um, you know, he's pretty chill with Naruto, but at the same time, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hype Naruto up or anything like that. He's sort of like another neutral person as well, but he is also like the gang because he makes some kick-ass ramen. So you gotta sort of come to a compromise, nonetheless. Um, he would say that he likes people who like him. I mean, that's you know that's kind of it's kind of sad that he says that, but he does say that because sort of it's just sort of what he's been subjected to. And uh, Kakashi would have a hard time hearing this, you know, like he would have a very very hard time hearing this because you got to keep in mind this is his sensei's son. This is his literal sensei's son. This is like his sort of father figures thing this is sort of like a brother to him naruto is kind of like a brother to him you know he's been looking after naruto since naruto was a newborn just from the shadows and hearing naruto say this would almost break kakashi's heart you know he would hear this and be like oh my fucking god like if you know if sensei minato and you know sensei kushina were to see this like fuck it would break their hearts you know like it would just be a whole internal monologue by kakashi but nonetheless it would just be like gut-wrenching to i say gut-wrenching it'd be heartbreaking to hear it but kakashi would not show any emotion on his face and so on and so forth but would continue listening to naruto and you know he'd go over a couple of things he dreams to be the hokage in hopes to be accepted by everyone one day and he w just wants to get stronger and you know stop all the hate and all the bullshit that's currently going on pretty much then we move on to Hinata Hyuga now she would sort of have a Sakura moment except uh, she would have enough confidence to you know say that you know she uh well I mean she wouldn't say that she likes Naruto because I feel like she would completely go red in the face before doing that um but you know she would talk about what she likes she likes eating and training and you know making friends and that sort of shit, right? Uh, she doesn't like bullies or people that hurt her friends or anything like that. And, you know, Naruto would respect that. He'd learn more about Hinata without actually having to talk to her. And that's sort of just because he's a little shy around Hinata. <laughs> For obvious reasons. But, nonetheless, I suppose that sort of covers up the introductions. Kakashi wouldn't really introduce himself except for his name and what he is, which is a teacher. But, you know, besides that and... Uh, his personal interests he wouldn't he wouldn't disclose yeah so that pretty much covers that he would puff into smoke um you know 
before doing that, telling them where to meet him next for training and the uh, conditions and requirements that come with said thing, such as not eating breakfast and being there at a certain time, so on and so forth, right? Naruto was fucking just sort of expected this, so nonetheless, he would begin heading home. Now, as he is heading home, he uh, he would start reflecting, right? He would start reflecting on that Sora interview that he had with Kakashi and Team 7. And he would begin thinking to himself, why, why did he feel like that? And obviously Naruto is referring to Kakashi. He was thinking to himself, why, why was Sensei feeling that way? Like, why does he feel like that? Naruto is not completely sure as to why he was feeling the way he was feeling, but it seemed as though, you know, Kakashi felt genuine, like, not remorse, but he felt, you know, empathy, and he felt really bad for Naruto, like, like it made him want to cry. And Naruto's just confused as to why this random fucking person he's never met before is, like, going to cry while Naruto's talking, you know? But Naruto was, you know, he was confused, because Kakashi's sort of like Hinata, an anomaly, you know? No one's reacted that way towards Naruto before. It's just kind of a weird feeling, and Naruto's trying to make sense of it, pretty much. That's all. But nonetheless, he would head home, he would try and meditate, gain uh, more strength, and... Yeah, try, I suppose, strengthen his mental fortitude. It wouldn't go too well, and obviously there would be multiple attempts of trying to regain more of the Tentail's power. Sadly, that would be unsuccessful. Un unsuccessful, that's what I meant to say. And uh, he would pretty much call it a night, head to bed, and next morning would begin. He would jump straight out of bed, get changed, yada yada, and he would go straight to the meeting location where he would meet Hinata. Now, it would just be Hinata waiting there. She'd already gotten up early and bright, and she'd pretty much gotten there before everyone else. Or at least, that's what she thinks. But nonetheless, Naruto would sit down next to her, and uh, they would have a little bit of a chat, you know, the talk, and Naruto, he, he would say, you know, he's like, oh, that was, you know, really cool yesterday to, you know, hear you talk about what you like and whatnot. Like, he'd be really awkward about doing it, obviously, because... I mean, he's never really actually held a proper conversation with someone unless it's about them wanting to kill him or so on and so forth. But nonetheless, they would have a little bit of a conversation and it would go on for a little bit until Naruto suddenly snaps his head towards the forest and immediately sends one of his truth-seeking orbs towards it. However, Kakashi would jump out and put his hand out in front of him, pretty much just showing Naruto that it's him. And Naruto would halt this, you know, the truth-seeking orb and would summon it back to him, realizing how big of a mistake he could have just made. And, you know, the reason for this is because he suddenly got startled by Kakashi's presence, which, you know, Kakashi was hiding for quite a while. Naruto had only just noticed it. And uh, with this, Kakashi, he would be impressed, you know, he'd be like, you have some good sensory skills on you, kid. But nonetheless, after he is sort of exposed from his hiding position, Sasuke would arrive, and it would be a good timing. And Kakashi would say this, you know, you got good timing, let's go. And he would take him all down to the training grounds where he would begin setting up the bell test. Now, 
The bell test in and of itself, we all know how it goes fundamentally, how it works, and how many generations it has been used on. Now, Kakashi is passing it on to yet the next generation. Now, here's the cool part. It's not really, uh, uh, you know, useful when you have Naruto on your team. This dude who transcends the fucking ground, air, and space, pretty much. Um, now I'm using space, ironically. I don't think he actually is able to bend space with said power, but I mean, he could do some crazy shit nonetheless. So after Kakashi explains the bell test, sets up the timer, and says go. Naruto would immediately rush in, and when I say immediately, like, he would dash past Kakashi, and would have both the bells in his hand. Now, both Sasuke and Hinata would be in awe looking at this. Sasuke more shock than awe, not realizing just how incredibly crafty and powerful Naruto is. I mean, he'd seen him, you know, during hand-to-hand, -hand and... He has never actually fought with him hand to hand. That's just, they've never been paired up before, and that's because of Naruto's inability of, well, mental stability. <laughs> Pretty much, it's his inability to control his emotions. That's that's the only reason they haven't fought. Actually, it's a lot of the reasons why Naruto hasn't fought anyone who is Genin. If he goes hand to hand with anyone, they're either Chunin level or above. So in saying that, Naruto, when it came to the hand-to-hand -hand combat for the graduation thing, yeah, he didn't fight any of the Genin, that's way too fucking overkill, so of course that wasn't gonna happen. But, I digress. So, after Naruto takes the bells, he would chuck them back and say, does this mean I passed? Kakashi, sort of expecting this to happen, would lift up his headband as he exposes a 3 Tomoe Sharingan. Now from here, he would tell Naruto to do it again, and Naruto, knowing that this is a dojutsu, and you know, knowing that this dojutsu that Kakashi has is only but a watered-down version of what he himself possesses, would uh, pretty simply blitz him again, and he would do this through a shadow clone, believe it or not. And then he would do it through an aft image, so it'd pretty much be a double bait before then grabbing the bells. And Kakashi would not feel defeated as such, but um, he would feel a little disappointed that he was outsmarted by a kid. By Naruto, his sensei's kid. But then there's also a part of him that's kind of not surprised because... Well, he's Minato's kid. I mean, like, what what do you expect, man? So, more back on track. After Naruto has proven himself to be able to get the bells, he would strap them back on and uh, would pretty much tell Naruto to take a seat as Sasuke and Hinata are up next. Now, surprisingly, these two would actually kick ass. Hinata would be able to utilize her Byakugan in the sense of... Well, not only being able to sense where Kakashi is, but this would allow her to distract Kakashi while Sasuke moves in and uh, pulls more feints while actually trying to grab the bells. And this plan would work exceedingly well. And all of them would pass with flying colors as, you know, Naruto is pretty much just told that he needs to work on his teamwork. 
But apart from that, they're actually really good. And there is a lot of potential in this team. Not just Naruto. Like, he's not just referring to Naruto. He pretty much says that every single one of them have the potential to be fucking insane. So, after he does this, he would tell them to head home, get some rest, and be prepared because they are going to start up missions yet again. Or when I say missions, I mean like missions after their break. We get straight into the real thing of being Genin and so on and so forth. Although if we're being realistic here, Naruto should not start off as a Genin, he should start off as a fucking Jonin, but yeah, we're not gonna do that. Um, or not just yet, anyway. And we have just hit the hour mark, how awesome is that? I digress though, so more back to the point. After this resting period, you know, it would only take like... <laughs> What, not even a day for them to fully recover from the fucking bell test. And after that, you know, they would they would hang out. And when I say hang out, like literally, they would they would spend time together getting to know each other. As much as Sasuke doesn't want to, he would. You know? Like he would he would spend time with Naruto. He would ask questions about Naruto and how it works. And because of this, they would slowly start to build a bond, you know? Like Sasuke would be very, like, not shut in, he would, he would be very, like, sh not shy either, he'd be protective, you know, he would still be very shut off in a sense, like, he would still talk to them and communicate, but slowly, and, you know, little by little, he would slowly start to open up, and it would be the same with Naruto as well, you know, he'd be very shut in as well, just because of how many times he's been, you know, fucked over in the past, and, how many times he's been messed up by actually opening himself up to others, he would still be defensive about it, but because Hinata is there, he is willing to do it. And he's seeing that even though Naruto, this guy who's caused who knows how many fucking things in the village, and when I say things, I mean like problems. And when I say problems, I just mean like, you know, people go missing and how many people he's fucked up and <laughs> put in hospital and or erased completely. Um... You know, like, even seeing this guy open up, like, maybe I can. You know, that that's that's what Sasuke's thinking, so he would. And they would slowly develop a bond that's going to grow over time. Now, with this, you know, the one week of shitty missions of trying to catch the cat <laughs> would pass. It wouldn't even take a full week for them to get fucking bored. I mean, dude, Naruto could catch that shit lickety split, you know? He does that, like, in the blink of an eye. So the missions in and of itself are fucking... Eh. And when they go to ask for a new mission, there's not really much that uh, Hiruzen can do to stop, you know, Naruto from getting a new mission. I say Naruto, but, like, Team 7 as a whole, right? There's nothing he can really do to say, are you ready? Because they literally have th three of the best prodigies, you know, excluding Neji in this case, because I'm pretty sure he was in a completely different class, but nonetheless, three prodigies from the same class on the same team, at Hiruzen's request, obviously. So, yes, he would grant them a new mission with uh, less of a hassle this time, and Kakashi would be like, yeah, they're ready, obviously. So, my boy Hiruzen, he would whistle, click his fingers, yada yada, Ambu would go and retrieve the certain drunk known as Tazuna. And, uh, he would walk in, flushed in the face, you know, he has a jar of sake in his hand. It's actually named for, I'm very bad, it's not, it's not a jar, but it's not a bottle either. 
besides the point though, he has sake in his hand, and yet he's very obviously pissed out of his brains right now. So from here, Hiruzen would begin explaining the mission, trying to get Tazuna to help him explain it as well, but obviously after quickly noticing that he, that Tazuna is too inebriated to uh, actually explain anything, Hiruzen would proceed to explain the mission. It is a mission to the land of the waves, and pretty much their job is to not only escort him, but uh, protect him from any bandits and such, because it is only a C rank mission. But that does not mean that they do not have to be on the lookout any less. Instead, they should always be on the lookout, always be cautious, because their main priority is Tarzana's safety. So, after explaining the payout and all the other important details, Tarzana would then go to turn, <clears throat> you know, in his inebriated state to make fun of these teams, or teams, sorry, these kids, because, you know, all their kids, you know, how are they possibly going to protect him? But then he would see Naruto and uh, would pr just decide to keep his mouth shut. Now, <clears throat> Kukashi would tell Team 7 to go home, grab their stuff, and meet him and Tazuna at the entrance of Konoha, to which they would comply and go do said task. Now, for Sasuke, this pretty much includes doing shit such as grabbing shuriken, kunai, you know, some medical supplies, maybe fucking... Actually, you know what, with Sasuke it could be a million things. Hinata, I have zero clue what she would pack, but for Naruto, there's not really much that he needs to bring, considering he, uh, well, his body does its own first aid, meaning he can't take damage by normal means. Um, like, yeah, like, he's self-sustaining, pretty much. I don't think he needs to eat as a Tentails host with that sort of power. Even, you know, Madara said it, pretty much you reach um, being eternal in that form. You're pretty much immortal. Um, and I mean, he's, he's, really, he's really not wrong, but that is besides the point, because Team 7 would meet at the entrance of Konohagakure. Oh, wow, that's like the first time I've actually <laughs> called it by its full name. Uh, I usually don't, I just say Konoha because I'm too fucking lazy, but besides the point. So nonetheless, Team 7 would meet up with Kakashi and Tazuna, and by the time they meet up, you know, Tazuna has sobered up a little bit, so uh, they would actually give introductions to each other, you know, and when Tazuna goes to shake Naruto's hand, because, you know, that's sort of just, yeah, that would be the way they introduce each other, um, you know, with Hinata it would be more of a bow from Tazuna, but Sasuke, Kakashi, and Naruto would be handshakes, nonetheless, as soon as, uh, Tazuna's hand connects with Naruto's, you know, skin-to-skin -skin contact, it would, uh, it would sort of send this, I wouldn't even say shiver, because it's not even really that, it would send this, like, spike of pressure, like chakra even, I mean, like, it would be chilly, like, when I say chilly, like, it would be this cold, sharp feeling that runs up his back, and he can just sort of tell, like, instinctually, that Naruto is fucking terrifying. Like, he can just instinctually tell that this is not a guy that you want on uh, the opposing side of you. Like, that's to say the least. So, um, Tazna would force a smile, 
um, just because it was either going to be a smile or a face of complete fear, so he went with the forcible smile option. And, you know, Naruto uh, would be able to notice this, but he's fine with it. Everyone else does it. He's not really surprised by it by, uh, by any means, unless it's a, well, completely different reaction, like Sasuke, not Sasuke, like Hinata or Kakashi have given to him, then that's a different story. But I digress, because this would begin to travel to the Land of the Waves. Now, in saying that, Naruto would, uh, he would be pretty lazy as starters, you know, he'd be floating around, and Tazuna would notice pretty quickly that he's, like, literally flying. And he would ask Naruto about this, he would turn around and be like, kid, how do you do that? And, you know, Naruto would sort of look down as he's like, oh, well, uh, and he wouldn't really explain it, but he would just start, you know, zooming around in the air, and, uh, he would stand on certain parts to make it look like he's literally standing on air, which... I mean, he's technically not... People wouldn't be wrong by making that assumption, but I digress on that point because Tazuna would ask, if you could fly, then why can't you just fly us to the land of the waves? <laughs> you know? Naruto's like, I could. None of you asked, though. And they all just looked up at Naruto. <laughs> Kakashi would, you know, he would chuckle a little bit. Sasuke would be uh, a little intrigued because, like, he knew Naruto could fly, but he didn't know the basis of how he flied and or how it worked, so he wasn't sure if maybe it was not flying, maybe it was, like, pushing off of the air, maybe it was... there were different ways of doing it. He wasn't really too sure exactly how the flying worked, but after Naruto, you know, tells him that it's... it's literally just like flexing a muscle you know it's like an innate thing like he can just fly you know then uh things begin to get a little more interesting um naruto would pretty much swirl his hand around as he throws the truth seeking orbs down towards you know team seven two of them would merge together to make a platform in which they would stand on and i mean well pretty much all of them and then they would levitate up towards naruto Naruto would then stand on this platform with them in which the rest of his truth-seeking orbs would merge and make basically a huge platform. They would then glide along on this tr well, giant truth, it's not really a truth-seeking orb, it's truth-seeking orb morphed into a platform. Same thing though, same day, different shit, you know, same shit, different day. Fucking, wow, I'm really bad at, you know, actually speaking English. <laughs> More to the point though, okay? This means the time it would take to travel to the land of the waves would be reduced greatly. And I know you're probably also wondering. So if that's the case, then does this mean the interaction with the demon brothers doesn't happen? And yes, that is correct. It doesn't because they, they deadass just fly straight over it. They don't notice the ground. They're not walking past it. They're literally just zooming over it. Now, as when they get to the land of the waves, they would... Uh, well, more specifically, Tazuna would tell Naruto to sort of, you know, get them down towards the ground just on the outskirts of the Land of the Waves so they can go in without being spotted and shit because, you know, it is run by this midget man that we all know as Gato and obviously he's probably one of the biggest businessmen when it comes to the black market as stated by Tazuna. Now, nonetheless, 
Naruto would oblige, and uh, when they get to the skirts of the Land of the Waves, they would go on foot as Naruto's truth-seeking orbs turn to, th or, sorry, return to their natural resting position on his back, or floating position near his back. More to the point, though, as they are heading towards Tarzana's house, in which they would just simply follow him, this is when the encounter with Zabuza would begin. However, obviously it's, uh, it's going to be a lot different than you would expect, because, well, Naruto is, like, literally the Ten Tails Jinchuriki, like, what more need I say? So, as they are walking, right, there would be a rustling in the bush, or bushes more specifically, in which Naruto would immediately send a truth-seeking orb towards. Now, this would, uh, this would blow a hole in the forest, and when I say, like, literally that, there would be, like, a just giant hole that sort of connects through the tree lines and uh, would go on for quite a bit. But uh, because of how much damage it did, that does mean that there will be no snow rabbits or no remains of snow rabbits and they would, uh, and you know, Team 7 would scold Naruto for this and be like, what the fuck are you doing bro? Like, why are you making that much noise? And Naruto uh, would explain, you know, he's like, oh, it's, you know, sorry, I a sense the transformation, you know, like I, I sensed chakra being manipulated and shit, so I thought someone was going to send an attack, and, uh, you know, Kakashi would sort of pause going off of what Naruto's sensory capabilities are, knowing that they are good, and thinking, maybe this is an ambush, and literally, as he's thinking this, Zabuza rolls in with his mist, and the killing intent is quite clear. Kakashi, Naruto, Sasuke, even Hinata can sense it. It's that, you know, it's that deathly. And uh, with that being said, the Executioner's Blade would begin twirling down at stupendous speeds towards Tazuna. However, as Naruto looks at the direction of the blades, he can, oh, sorry, not blades, at the direction of the blade in which it's going, he would see that Hinata's standing in front of Tazuna, meaning the blade's going to cleave through both Hinata and then Tazuna. Naruto freaking the fuck out, like there's no way she's about to get hit, like I'm not going to allow it, would um, dash in front of Hinata before putting his hands out in front of him and, well, screaming almighty push as he just completely sends this humongous shockwave. Not only does it clear the mist, it completely blows the executioner's blade away, breaks down a shit ton of trees, and exposes Zabuza's location. Everything would then seem to go silent as, well, Zabuza begins forcing himself to get up off the ground, you know, um, suffering a couple of fractures in the process of getting blown away from such a shockwave, but he would make his way over to his blade before picking it up, looking at Naruto, and immediately realizing what he has done. And, uh, you know, there'd be a part of Zabuza that's really itching to fight him, you know, like, that's just the demon timing part of Zabuza. But then there's also his self-preservation part of himself, which is pretty much trying to make him shit his pants and run away. And, uh, obviously at this point, Zabuza's quite tied between the two of them. Because as we know, he uh, 
doesn't really have humanity, but he kind of does at the same time. But as all humans do, he does have self-preservation. However, because he is kind of mentally twisted and a little unstable, you know, just, I feel like after killing that many people, you would be. But nonetheless, because of his twisted mind, he, his body would force itself to run towards Naruto and uh, start swinging with that gigantic sword of his. Now, at first, Naruto would not react, right? The first, well, attack, his blade would go straight through Naruto, like straight through his chest, and it would go at the back of him. However, he knows that Hinata is behind him, so he would have made sure to get far enough in front of Hinata for the blade to not even get close to reaching her. But the fact that Zabuza has gone and, you know, done this again, almost getting close to hurting Hinata for a second fucking time with this blade, Naruto, well, let's just say something inside of him would not take that very nice. Um, wouldn't take it on the chin, so to say. And Naruto would begin pretty much welling up with rage. An indescribable rage that surpasses even that of the Nine Tails. Now, as his rage starts setting in and his eyes are not changing colour, obviously, because he, my boy does have the Renegon, but nonetheless. As his aura is changing and his overall intent is starting to come out, Zabuza would go from a guy that feels confident enough to attack Naruto to a little kid. That's pretty much what this enraged state would do to Zabuza mentally. It would regress him to that of a kid, you know, fucking flicking off the lights and being scared of the dark, like that type of mental regression. However, in this moment of, uh, I suppose you could call it despair for Zabuza, Naruto would slowly extend his arm out, grabbing Zabuza by the throat, and then picking him up. Keep in mind, he still has the Executioner's Blade lodged in his chest, coming out of his back, right? And he would slowly raise him into the air, to the point where, you know, Zabuza can't grab his sword, and is literally just dangling by his neck, struggling for air. Like, keep in mind, he's also trying to rip Naruto's hand off of him, trying to kick it, nothing is working. But as Naruto is holding Zabuza in the air, he pretty much says to him, How dare you? Those are the only words that come out of Naruto's mouth. Naruto would then proceed to spin and gain momentum, pretty much ragdolling Zabuza through, well, even more trees. Now, I know you're wondering, oh, he could have just snapped his neck, could have fucking stabbed him with his own sword. Yeah, that's, that's cool and all, and you know, I would be up for that, but this guy, in Naruto's mind, deserves a slow and painful death, and that is exactly what he's about to get. Now, keep in mind, as he's ragdolling Zabuza, he still has the blade in his chest, and he would look down to see that he still does after he's thrown Zabuza. So he would pretty much swipe his arm behind his back, snapping off what's sticking out of his back, and then would pull out the blade as the gaping wound in his chest closes up in a matter of mere seconds. Zabuza would get up and he would immediately start weaving hand signs. Now as Naruto's standing there, he would be smiling. 
and this would catch Zabuza a little off guard, but it doesn't bother him, he's gonna keep weaving. And after he does this, Naruto would begin weaving the exact same fucking thing that Zabuza is. And this would pretty much turn into a game of uh, cat and mouse, except in this case, Naruto is the cat and Zabuza is the mouse. And he is toying with Zabuza for his own personal satisfaction. And pretty much after every jutsu, Naruto keeps inching closer and closer upon, well, pushing Zabuza to death's door. And uh, then after, you know, he's satisfied his urges of payback for what Zabuza has, or sorry, hasn't actually done, but has gotten close to doing, he would snap his neck with no remorse. And as he does this, someone would launch, and I mean like, like literally launch out of the bushes. And this would be as Naruto would go to snap Zabuza's neck. This would be Haku, obviously, because Haku was there, but was just waiting for Zabuza to do his thing. However, as, you know, Haku notices that Naruto is doing this last attack with killing intent and straight up, like, straight death, he would try and stop it, but he would be too slow. And as Haku is rushing towards Naruto, Kakashi would snap out of this both state of awe and disgust and horror, but also the state of, like, amazement. Like, he'd be amazed that a kid would be able to do this and has, like, the guts to do this, you know? But nonetheless, he would snap out of this and see Haku running towards his student. So, Kakashi would step out to the side, raise his headband, and he would pretty much begin weaving hand signs for his Raikiri. Now, Naruto would have already sensed this person, this, I was gonna say thing, that's a bit, it's a bit harsh, but he would sense Haku dashing towards him, he already would have sensed it coming. But, he would also sense Chakra being manipulated, so he turns around and sees Kakashi doing this, and he sees Haku dashing towards them. Now, what happens here is probably one of the funniest shit, or one of the funniest shit, one of the funniest things that I could probably imagine happening, right? Kakashi would weave hand signs. We know the motherfucker can weave hand signs fast, right? And he weaves them fast enough, all in the time of the split second that Haku's trying to kill Naruto, or trying to run towards him. <laughs> Haku would impale himself on Kakashi's Raikiri, and Naruto's only reaction would actually be to laugh because it would be the funniest and dumbest shit to have ever happened in his life. Like, he'd never seen something that funny happen before. And, you know, as bad as uh, Kakashi would feel for having to kill this kid, doesn't even know how old he is. Actually, I think Haku's like 20 or something. I could be completely wrong in saying that, though. But nonetheless, this kid that's obviously younger than him, um, he feels bad for killing him, but is sort of off-put by Naruto's laughter. Because, like, when I say laughter, I mean, like, Naruto is, like, laughing, laughing. Like, <laughs> for some reason, that shit was the funniest shit. <laughs> like, that's the, only way I, sorry, that's the only way I can explain. Like, I can just picture that happening. But I digress, because no matter how the fight goes... Naruto and Team 7 are going to end up victorious, 
because of Naruto. Like, I, I don't really know how else to put this. With Naruto being the Ten Tails Jinchiriki, no matter how what fight goes, or no matter which fight goes where, Naruto is going to be the winner. Like, it's kind of undebatable. Um, I'm just trying to add a little bit of sustenance into each fight because I know that they're not going to be that precious or fancy. And sadly, none of the characters can really compete against the Ten Tails power except for in the war arc. But that was only limited to like four or five people at most. So, I mean, yeah. Doing a canonically accurate version of this would be a one-shot. I'm trying to add a little sustenance into it, so yeah, cut me some slack, bro. Nonetheless, with the disposal of both Zabuza and Haku's body, it would be quite simple. They just leave the bodies there, they don't really give a fuck about these people. Not to mention, there wouldn't be the same, like, character growth between the two, and that's simply just because Naruto is too fucking powerful. So, I suppose we move on to our next part which is, I suppose, a little more wholesome, a little more, you know, engaging, if you will. And that will be the building of the bridge. No, it really won't. But nonetheless, Tazanot would bring Team 7 back to his house, in which Tazumi... Oh, no, it's not Tazumi. I keep fucking that up. It's Tsunami. I believe that is her name. It's Tsunami, right? Tsunami and Inari. Team 7 would be introduced to these two, one of them being Tazuna's daughter, and the other being Tazuna's grandson. But nonetheless, they all get um, introduced, and when Naruto meets Inari, he would sort of be expecting this kid to, you know, judging, be, just be judging him based off of his looks and shit, as most people have done for, like, a good percentage or good majority of his life. But this kid would actually be respectful and, you know, wouldn't be scared of him, wouldn't, you know, look at him weird or anything. He would simply say, you know, hi, you know, I'm Inari, nice to meet you. Yeah, just basic shit. Naruto would be a little concerned as to what's got Inari feeling so down, you know? And um, it, it would kind of intrigue Naruto a little bit, like, hmm, I wonder why this kid's so sad. Like, it's, it's not it's not because of me. Like, there's got to be some other external factor in, you know, coming into play here. But his focus would shift from that over to making dinner because Tazuna would end up going on a walk and Naruto would go with him while the rest of Team 7 stays at the house and looks after his family. Now, on this walk, Naruto and Tazuna would have a good old chat while walking. Now, they would end up walking down to the markets, or at least what's left of the markets, as Naruto is introduced to what the Land of the Waves is like because of Gato. Now, obviously, Naruto's going to be a little curious by this, asking questions such as, who is Gato? What did he do? And, you know, why is this place like this? Now, obviously, all these questions will be answered by Tazuna as they're buying ingredients for uh, food. And, you know, shit like that. And nonetheless, Tazuna would give Naruto a rundown on exactly who Gato is, what he's done, and uh, what he's capable of. Now, I suppose the basis of the story, or the important part, is that he is one of the biggest businessmen when it comes to black market trading. 
meaning he has info galore. Anything you want to know, you can pretty simply buy it off of him. But not just that, he also does enjoy recruiting mercenaries and so on and so forth, people to work under him. He's not actually strong, he's just smart. You know, he uses people to do his bidding. Which, I mean, when you look like Gato does, can you really blame him? But nonetheless. So, apart from that, Tazna would also explain that he wants to stop him Gato wants to stop Tarzana from building the bridge as to stop, you know, trades and exchanges and shit like that from going on in the village. Pretty much Gato wants to seize full control of the land of the waves, but that is what Tarzana is trying to stop. Now, Naruto would pretty simply just say, then why didn't you just order an execution on Gato? And Tarzana would sort of look at him and say, well, if there was anyone capable of that, then I would. And Naruto would probably give him the most, you know, like, are you serious right now? Like, that like that type of look. You know the look I'm talking about. You're making it right now. Everyone watching this video, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like, <laughs> Agato would stop for a second. He's like, why are you looking at me like that? And Naruto would say, dude, I can literally fly. You just saw me. Kill Zabuza. Are you... Like, Naruto would just try to control himself because he, he's not really good at handling or dealing with idiots. And I'm not saying that Tarzan is a full-blown idiot. I'm just saying he has his blonde moments. So, more to the point, Tarzan would say, Oh, but you're just a kid. You couldn't do that, could you? Like, he, he wanted him to. Like, of course. You know, of course Tarzan wanted him to, but like... He can't ask that of a kid. Or at least that's it. that's how Tazuna sees it. But Naruto would say, if you had asked me, I would have done it in a heartbeat. I don't want these people to suffer like this, you know? And as much as Naruto has been treated trash by humans, this point here, right, of seeing these people in pain and agony, and after just, like, actually having a chat with, with Tazuna, right... And just getting to connect with him a little bit, even if it's just a little bit, you know, he did slowly start to learn that not everyone is the same, you know, and that really started to hit him after he met Hinata, right? Because then he met Sasuke and then he met Kakashi and then, you know, like he slowly started to learn that there are people who are good, you know, it's just they're rare, you know, to find good people. But nonetheless, right, Naruto would put some of his faith within this uh, this village and he would pick up Tazuna before flying him back to his house. From there, he would say, I'm going for a walk. Don't tell the rest of them. Tazuna would just give a stern nod as he walks inside with the groceries and Naruto would begin flying, trying to get a bird's eye view of the land of the waves. Now, it wouldn't take too long for Naruto to find Gato's house, and uh, or compound, I suppose you could call it, as it is the flashiest fucking thing in the Land of the Waves, and is surrounded by people with swords and spears and shit, so, I mean, that's kind of as simple as it gets. Now, Naruto would quite simply drop down 
and from here, the I'd say there'd be like 10-15 people at the front gate. Naruto would hmm, char them, barbecue them. I, I'm not really sure the uh, the words to use here, but he would use the uh, Phoenix Flower Jutsu as yeah, he uh, he chucks them on the grill and he barbecues them for lunch. Um, not literally. He's he's not a cannibal. Please let me specify that. But yeah, he would uh, he would burn them to a crisp as he then pretty much just destroys the front gate. Like, it'd be a thick metal gate. And like, you know, one of those, oh, you can't break through these, it's indestructible type things. Yeah, no, like he would pretty simply blow a fucking hole in it. It's, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Then after that, obviously the courtyard would be full of people. My people, I mean mercenaries. We're talking probably hundred to maybe a hundred and fifty mercenaries and Naruto knowing that he could take these guys on one by one maybe it's time for him to let loose a little bit as he starts picturing all the you know poor and homeless people and malnourished people and even the kids and you know like little little kids that are starving because of this man's choices and just those pictures in his head would send Naruto into a blinding rage as, put simply, more arms sprout out of his body. Then they all start separately using different nature releases. And to say that this would be the most clusterfucked, indescribable orgy, that's the wrong word, orgy is probably not the word I want to use here, um, <laughs> massacre, yeah, it would be the most just indescribable massacre that you could ever think of, we're talking about a indestructible, immortal, ten-tail, juby, renegon-wielding sociopath, pretty much, I mean, Naruto's not really a sociopath in this, but yeah, I mean, he could probably get close there. Um, I mean, if he was pushed the wrong way, which he was, he could become a lot of things. Actually, you know, I feel like I could sort of classify him as a narcissist, but we're not going to go down all the different routes of mental illness and shit, because that's a very dark path that we can save for another what if. So, more to the point here. Naruto would make mincemeat of all these mercenaries. We're talking about all the six paths of pain, truth-seeking orbs, all five nature releases, combined nature releases, and a lot of death. Um, honestly, in the future, I really do hope that they uh, get some sort of brain-scanning brain devices that allow you to scan the imagination, that way you could, like, manifest your own, like, what-if series. And I, like, literally mean that, like, full animation and everything if you're imaginative or creative enough. That would be really fucking cool. But anyway, that's dwelling on something that could potentially happen or potentially not happen. What we are sure of, though, is that Naruto has completely shit-stomped most of, uh, well, Gato's army, if you can even call it that. And as Naruto begins encroaching upon Gato sitting in his chair, he would obviously think he's cocky, sending these mercenaries or these higher level mercenaries who are probably like Jonin level or something like that. And I'm, I'm 
you know, being sarcastic as fuck right now, because they're not even close to Naruto in terms of power. Um, but, <laughs> more to the point of what I was getting. Naruto would pretty much backhand all of these mercenaries that Gato sends at him, and then would be standing face to face with Gato. Well, not really face to face, because Gato's like, what, four foot tall? <laughs> or something ridiculous like that. He is, he's like literally a midget. But, um, I digress, because Gato starts offering, you know, money, information, fucking, like, literally his life savings, he's offering anything, as, you know, most cowards do on their deathbed, anything to stay alive, you know, but, um, Naruto would say, oh, you know, after all the shit and trouble you caused in this village, I thought you were gonna be a lot scarier. <sighs> looks like you're just like the rest of them. Naruto would then uh, straighten up his hand as he begins channeling chakra into his palm, basically making a chakra blade, and making one swift movement, completely severing Gato's head from his body. Now, after this, Naruto would begin searching the place, and he would come across a gigantic hidden vault in which he would pretty easily break open with his raw physical strength. And, uh, yeah, he would begin searching and searching as there is literal files, like cabinets worth of files here. And they all go under different names. As some know, there's Booger Aids, there's... I'm kidding, you know, I have to stop with the Rick and, Rick and Morty fucking... <laughs> references. I was really bad for that. Um, no, anyway, more back to what I was saying. There would be a lot of, well, named files, unnamed files, redacted files. There'd be a lot of shit, right? And Naruto would have time, you know, because, I mean, as much as, or sorry, as far as Team 7 knows, he's just on a walk, and he can handle himself, so. Yeah, that's, that's that sort of. I mean, what else do you need, you know? And it would, you know, it wouldn't take long for Naruto to come across some interesting files, if you will. He would come across files for the legendary Sanin, he'd come across files for, you know, cults around certain lands, such as Land of Fire, Land of Wind, you know, all the different lands. There would be different cults, different outposts, there'd be so much information regarding, you know, black market sales, black market items, the prices, bounties on people's heads, and then there would be one that is obviously in the midst of trying to get redacted, and I mean that in the sense that someone obviously wants this file erased. However, Naruto's timing could have not been more perfect, because the file is, luckily, still unredacted. As Naruto is reading through this file, he would quite soon come across something that uh, is going to change his life quite a bit. And when I say that, it's obviously the Akatsuki. Now, at first, Naruto wouldn't think much of this so-called Akatsuki group. He would think of it as something akin to a cult, even just literally another cult. And... What would make this different is that literally within the first two pages of the Akatsuki's information file, he would see 
that these are all shinobi. These are all either rogue shinobi or shinobi that have stupendously high bounties in the bingo book and or attain a rank higher than A or A, equal to A or greater. You get what I mean, right? These are disgustingly strong shinobi. And Naruto, after reading, you know, that it's all these rogue shinobi who are exceptionally powerful in their own right or own class, grouping up together for one big goal. What is it? What's the goal? That is what intrigued Naruto to read further. And the further he read, the further he went down the rabbit hole. Now, in this rabbit hole, it just so happened to be about him. Now, the group known as the Akatsuki, their goal is to collect all of the tailed beasts. However, it wasn't too long before people started discovering that the Ten Tails Jinchuriki is already there. That it's already someone that exists. And that name is redacted in the file. That's the one thing that's redacted, but Naruto is obviously aware that they are talking about him. Now, as to how his name got redacted, that was simply through Hiruzen, or Hiruzen's effort, and uh, I suppose his promise to Minato to try and keep Naruto safe. As much as, yeah, I suppose you can take that um, in terms of trusting Hiruzen's promises, I guess. Now, that's besides the point, though because Naruto would read further and uh, he would would find out that this group has not been around for that long. They have just only started, well, actually doing shit and making moves. Now they are currently trying to collect relics, old items, you know, sacred artifacts, that type of shit that will help them in terms of getting Naruto. However, They obviously didn't plan for one thing, and that is the fact that Naruto has the fucking Renegon. This is one thing they don't know, and actually one thing that pretty much no one knows, because everyone who meets Naruto and, well, tries to take them from him and or have ill intent towards him, they die, so they can't tell anyone else that he has the Renegon. Therefore, that information has never been leaked. Now, as for how it's gonna go after this, Naruto would grab this file and he would immediately zoom back to Tarzana's house. Now, obviously, he wouldn't just grab the one file, he would grab a lot of shit. You know, he would pick up a shit ton of the money, he would grab a lot more files regarding everyone in the Akatsuki and so on and so forth. And then, this is where shit starts to get a little interesting, if you will. So. After Naruto grabs the money, I feel like I'm feel like I'm re- reciting Naruto doing a bank heist. This feels fucking weird. Nonetheless, Naruto would grab the money and all the documents he needs as he flies straight back to Tazuna's house. Now, as he busts through the front door, he would immediately slam the Akatsuki file straight down in front of Kakashi and would say, "You need to read that." He would then bring all of the money that he stole from Gato. Well, no, technically he didn't steal it, because once he killed Gato, it technically became his. So technically, Naruto gave his money to Tazuna, or would bring it all inside and say, that's yours. Obviously, there would be a lot of questions, right? 
Now, Hinata would start worrying, like, oh, you know, what happened? Where did all this come from? Naruto would quite simply just tell her to not worry. Everything's okay, and he's okay. So therefore, you know, everything's okay, pretty much. And, you know, Hinata being... Well, Hinata and really only caring about Naruto and whatnot <laughs> would, you know, agree. She'd be like, okay, then. I guess I'm fine with that. Sasuke would be a little more... You know, he'd be a little more curious, like, huh, what the fuck have you been up to? And Kakashi would immediately start flicking through the file as soon as he sees the name on it, Akatsuki, right? And literally after the first, like, 30 seconds of flicking through the first two pages and a couple of pages after that, Kakashi would close the file, slowly but surely stand up, pick up said file and walk outside while sort of grabbing Naruto by, not the nape of the neck, but like just grabbing him and like pulling him outside as to where he would ask Naruto everything. He would ask, where did you get this? Naruto would say, well, I killed Gato, took out his entire compound. I found this in the safe. Kakashi would not really know what to make of this, but he uh, he would sort of just be tied at the moment, tied between like a rock and a hard place in the fact that Naruto has made their mission a shit ton easier, which is, well, I mean, it's not really a rock or a hard place, but he's also like taken out one of the biggest dealers in the black market, which is also technically a good thing. But nonetheless, they've made the mission easier. However, in doing so, they have also now discovered that there's this weird cult-like group that is 100% going after Naruto, or the Tentails, right? So, this, uh, this would put, yeah, this would put Kakashi in a, in a hard place of, do we get this back to Konoha, or do we finish the mission and then worry about it? Now, Naruto would pretty much just say, don't stress about it, you're gonna make everyone else stress, we'll focus on the mission now that there's no distractions, and then we'll deal with it. Kakashi would, uh, you know, he would actually put his, his faith in Naruto in saying this, and would be like, okay then. Let's do this. He would uh, come back in, and from here he would explain, you know, pretty much what has happened to Sasuke and Hinata, in which they would react differently to the situation. Although, there would be a different type of reaction, so to say. Now, I say this because Kakashi, well, he had a trigger word for Sasuke which is his older brother's name. After Kakashi lists off everyone in the Akatsuki currently, Itachi Uchiha would immediately just strike PTSD straight into Sasuke as he sort of just freezes up and then... Yeah, well, I guess it, w it wouldn't be hyperventilating, but he would just sort of start dissociating. That Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. He would start zoning out as he's like, yeah, he has like, a, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it. If if you know what dissociation is or, you know, derealization is sort of, that's, that's what would be happening to Sasuke. He would be disassociating to make sense of what he's just heard. And he would only disassociate for like two, three minutes. And after that, he would sort of come back to and be like, I'm helping, like, like, it's not, 
it's not even like questionable like i'm i'm a part of this now you've now brought my older brother's name into this i need to deal with him he's my problem and you know kakashi would tell him to calm down and you know like actually use his fucking brain but uh sasuke is more than set on getting this shit done <coughs> now hinata on the other hand she would uh she'd be more worried for naruto and as to why that is well she did obviously just listen to the same thing that sasuke did which is there's a group of people who want to rip the tailed beast out of naruto well and probably his eyeballs now this in and of itself you know it's making hinata think like what the fuck like they want to they want to kill him right um but obviously what's probably going to happen um, and this is said by both Kakashi and Naruto is they're probably going to either try brainwash Naruto or basically just try control him. Um, and if that doesn't work, then yeah, they'll kill him by ripping the tailed beast out of him. And obviously this is going to make Hinata worry, like, uh, why, you know? And obviously there's this bond between Naruto and Hinata now, whether that be friendship or otherwise. I mean, Naruto did protect her as a kid because he fucking hates bullies, and he always has. So when he saw Hinata getting bullied as a child, he stepped in. And I feel like that was a event of fate, because at this current point in time, I suppose you can say the feelings are starting to foster for each other. And Naruto can genuinely sense that she is worried for him. And she doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. And just feeling this sense of comfort from her, like, just this, would actually make him stronger. I know that sounds fucking stupid, like, ah, oh, power of friendship, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, the mental fortitude this would give him. <clears throat> He's not thinking anymore, like, fuck, you know, why do, why do I exist? Why, why am I everyone's pile of shit why do i get stepped on you know like why am i the butt of the joke why why am i this why am i that you know there's no more oh i'm sorry obviously he still has dark thoughts i don't think that's ever gonna stop but his mind is more at ease and more stable because of hinata now that being said Kakashi would tell Tazuna that pretty much all distractions are gone. So he can get the bridge done at any time. He can take his time or he can hurry up. It's his choice. But they're going to get the mission done and then they're going to get back to Konoha as soon as possible because they need to report this information. So this pretty much sums up the Land of the Waves. Now as for Naruto's uh, connection with Inari, that's going... Though, I mean, that's going to get pretty close. Yeah, I, I suppose a good way to put it is they're going to get pretty close pretty quick. And that's because Inari would shortly find out that Naruto had taken care of Gato by himself. Which would make Naruto, in Inari's eyes, a literal superhero. Like someone to look up to, like his idol, right? Like it would be a complete change of events from the canon thing. And with this as well like this little relationship it may not seem like much but inari actually idolizing naruto this as well would make naruto stronger you know and 
I know I could have also put in, you know, that whole thing with Haku, right? Like, if you have someone to fight for, you become stronger. Like, I could have done that. But instead, I'm going to have Naruto learn that by himself. That way, it's more meaningful. And, you know, Naruto is slowly starting to realize that, like, he now has someone who idolizes him. He never thought that would have happened. Ever. Like, bro, literally, since birth, people have treated him like shit, like a demon. Like, he's not even human. But now someone actually idolizes him? That's a huge step of progress. Now, we're going to fast forward past, you know, the name of the bridge is going to be called the Great Naruto Bridge, which Naruto, I mean, he'll find it a little corny, like, oh, why would you name a bridge after me, bro? You could have named it something so much cooler. But I digress, because in terms of Naruto's, well, power control, let's say that he has amped it from 10% maybe to... Well, I'd say a good 30%, right? So there's about 70% of untapped chakra and... Yeah, honestly, just chakra. The abilities can... They can still be utilized. Probably not to as great of a degree, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Because... Team 7 would head home and, you know, the trip back to Konoha, it would... It'd be pretty cruisy. Naruto would fly them all home on a uh, truth-seeking orb. And they would, uh, they'd get home in style, you know? They would obviously stop before they enter the village and walk the rest of the way. Because, I mean, you still gotta get that exercise. <laughs> Even though Naruto literally, like, floats everywhere, but... Besides the point, because... They would head back to Hiruzen's office, where... Pretty much... Everything would be explained. And by everything, I don't just mean the mission, obviously. I mean, I do just mean the mission, because that's where everything important happened, but... <laughs> English. So... First, there would be the encounter with Zabuza. Then there would be the encounter with Haku, in which both of them would be dealt with, you know, thanks to both Naruto and Kakashi. Now, Naruto wouldn't really take all of the credit because he, he's, he doesn't really remember the fight between him and Zabuza. And that was mainly just out of anger. And I don't mean, like, anger. Anger is just, like... He genuinely thought Hinata was going to get hurt, and that, that like, flicked something inside of him. It's sort of like autopilot, if you will, if you want to call it that. So, um, more to the point, after the fight, I uh, can't even really call it a fight, can I? After the fight between those four, Naruto would then go on to explain what Tazuna had told him. And then what he did after Tazuna told him what he was told. <laughs> and then he proceeded to explain exactly how he rampaged through Gato's entire compound. Now the name of Gato would ring a bell for Hiruzen. And yeah, Naruto would just explain everything. Like what happened, even like what moves he used, gore-wise. He would be open about every detail of it. Because, I mean, that's just important to write a mission summary so and also to disclose the rank of the mission fully more to uh i suppose the important point is naruto would bring up what he found in the vault and that would be the redacted and unredacted files the main important one 
obviously being the Akatsuki. Now, Hiruzen would read through this and would immediately slam it shut as he looks up at Naruto and asks, So I assume you've read it then? Naruto would give a stern nod and Hiruzen would start scratching his chin as he's like, Kakashi, Colin Jiraiya and Tsunade. Kakashi would give a stern nod as well as he leaves the room to go and call or reach out to two of the legendary Sanin. In the meantime, Hiruzen would pretty much begin explaining what is happening, what the Akatsuki are, what their goals are, or at least what he is aware of in terms of what their goals are. And, you know, that's why he's trying to get Jiraiya there, because, you know, he knows what Jiraiya knows, so... Yeah, I suppose that's a good way to put it, pretty much. He's getting all the info about the Akatsuki from Jiraiya. Now, as for what would fill the rest of the time, I'd say for the next day and a bit, it would pretty much just be rest, because, like, they don't really need to recover. It would just be rest for a day, and then training, and then eventually the legendary Sanin, or two of them, at least, would rock up. One of them not really willing to rock up, but still rocked up out of respect for Hiruzen and Jiraiya rocking up because, well, he heard what it was about. Now, that being said, Naruto, the two legendary Sanin, and Hiruzen would meet in the office. Tsunade would introduce herself to Naruto, Naruto would do that, Jiraiya would do the same, vice versa, you get what I mean. They would all introduce themselves to each other. And, I mean, Jirai already knows who Naruto is, but he would give a formal introduction, and so would Tsunade. And the thing is, is that after talking to Naruto for a bit, it wouldn't take long for her to see her little brother. You know, just like Naruto, except there's obviously a few key differences. Um, but she would sort of see the same, you know, same passion for not taking shit from anyone and standing up for what's right you know like she would sort of see some similarities now as for the akatsuki and any information regarding them hiruzen would begin explaining what was in the fire and this would be discussed among all four of them and i do mean all four of them now naruto he is perfectly fine with the way he is he doesn't think he needs to get any stronger he doesn't think whatsoever but after some uh, some more observation from Jiraiya he uh <laughs> he would say like the people that are coming after you kid yeah you're not gonna be able to take him by yourself as strong as you think you are they will find a way around what you have access to and, you know, Naruto would sort of take this uh, sort of the wrong way. I guess that's the best way to put it. He would take the wrong way. Like, are you calling me weak? And, you know, <laughs> Jiraiya would sort of play along with it. Be like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. So this would lead to a spa between the two. And honestly, it would be an awesome spa. Like, <laughs> that would be the best way to put it. It would just literally be hand-to-hand. -hand, and it would be Naruto adjusting to Jiraiya as they're fighting and it would be an astounding fight for the sense that Jiraiya knows Naruto is not weak he's aware like the kid has fucking Renegon what more proof do you need 
to tell that someone is going to be strong. Now, Jiraiya would obviously ask questions while they're fighting, like, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Like, you know, pulling out some random-ass jutsus from different categories of nature release. And Naruto would begin just fucking with this guy's head. He would pull out the Ostra Pass, growing more arms, or he'd grow different faces, like one on his chest, one on his back. And he'd, like, literally, he'd just fuck around and be stupid, because it's funny, you know? He's kind of just proving Jiraiya wrong. Well, not, well, I mean, he's not only proving Jiraiya wrong in his head, but is also getting to see just how much Naruto has grown. That's why he egged him on, you know? But nonetheless, after seeing Naruto's progress, he wouldn't push it to the point where it's a serious fight, but he would get to see enough. And with this, he would come to the conclusion that Naruto needs a little more training. But then again... We don't know how much time there is, you know, there would be estimates given between Tsunade, Jiraiya, Hiruzen about when they think the Akatsuki is going to come. But going off of Naruto finding this file and the fact that Naruto's name is redacted across pretty much all platforms due to Hiruzen's influence and power, even though he may be old, I mean like political power, not physical power because we, we already know the boy has enough of that and we're also past the two hour mark jesus christ okay so more back to the story they don't know that naruto is the ten tails but with him looking the way he is and while outputting as much power as he does it's not going to take long before they find him so, with this being said, Jiraiya would offer to not only take Naruto, but take his entire team plus Sensei and go on, I suppose what you could call a training camp, but it's obviously not going to be a training camp, instead it's just going to be training, and well, training until you can't take it anymore, which for Naruto is pretty much impossible. <laughs> I mean, he's going to, well, he's not going to wear down before everyone else. He literally can infinitely regenerate, unless we are talking about Senjutsu, which obviously my boy Jiraiya does have access to. And there's obviously a lot of holes in Naruto's game, as, you know, Jiraiya has observed, and as much as he may be, I suppose, the closest thing to an immortal god there are obviously still holes and gaps in his experience levels. So, with this, and, you know, Sasuke also wanting to get stronger to get back at his brother, he would immediately, he would immediately say yes. Like, there ain't no fucking way that he's missing out on training arc with Asanin and well, one of the biggest prodigies in the academy, being, well, the Silver Fang's son. Now, or, no, no, not Silver Fang, Jesus fucking Christ, it was a White Fang. Yeah, it was a White Fang, I believe. Honestly, if I was wrong about that, I feel so bad for Kakashi's dad, because he was, he was fucking awesome. But, uh, more to the point. This is where we shall engage in a time skip. Now, obviously, I'm not just going to skim over, like, a two-year time frame, because where the fuck is the fun in that? Before we even go on the time skip itself, 
I would just like to say I know that none of my what ifs are organized anymore and they're all off the top of the dome which is why they're so long but um you can pretty much expect that to be the case for the next year unless I start scripting again which I may or may not do I suppose it depends how I'm feeling but more back to the point of uh, the time skip Hinata is obviously going to want to join Naruto and Sasuke in their adventures so obviously she's gonna have to get permission in terms of like you know parental consent and so on and so forth and as much as uh, well as you know her father is an asshole, and so is Neji. They're not going to be so up for just letting her go for like a couple of years at a time with the Ten Tails Jinchuriki. Like, you know, that'd be quite fucked up in their eyes considering Hinata is like literally the Hyuga princess. So, there would be a couple of conditions, and when I say conditions, I mean like Hinata would have two bodyguards, like two trained female bodyguards at her side and they have to be with her the whole time and protect her and that's yeah they're all requirements right sasuke obviously he's an orphan doesn't need permission same as same as naruto same as kakashi <laughs> um but more to the point so <laughs> sorry that was so fucked up i shouldn't have said that that was kind of messed up i'm sorry kakashi i love you um <laughs> sorry back on track they would all get permission, and this pretty much means that Team Zero is formed. And this would be the team formed by both Tsunade and Hiruzen. I know you're probably wondering, how the fuck, how in the, how in the shit is Tsunade promoted to Hokage? And that is pretty simply because Hiruzen was supposed to be retired by now. As we know, he retired as Minato became the Hokage and then had to fill the position yet again. So he would retire and he would convince Tsunade to, well, become the Hokage. And that is simply because Naruto is the prophecy child and as long as he has the right people leading him, the right people nurturing him, he can become the world's savior, you know? He can become something better. People will actually see that he's not a monster. He's not what everyone thinks he is. He's not what everyone cracks him up to be. So, let's just say Hiruzen uses the power of talk no jutsu. And uh, let's just say it works successfully. Now, moving on. As to the two-year time skip. These kids are going to be 15 when they come back, right? So we're going off the assumption that they're 13 years old when they leave, right? Now, I could make this a two or a three year time skip. And, you know, just for uh, the fact of wanting to make this just OPR's teenagers, we're going to do two years. So they're going to be 15 by the time they come back. 15 turning 16, pretty much, right? And uh, the difference of power that all three of these guys are going to have is going to be insane. Now, obviously, I know what you're wondering. Rogue, what training methods are we talking about? Now, obviously, we're going over fucking everything. No, we're not, that's a lie. During the two years, right, it's going to be the progression of everyone's separate abilities. And, like, I literally mean everyone's. Everyone who went on this journey as Team Zero is also going to help 
in the assistance of taking down the Akatsuki, with the exclusion of Hinata, Naruto specifically asked and begged Hinata to not get involved with the Akatsuki, like, he doesn't mind if they train with them, he doesn't mind if she, like, becomes a healer, he just doesn't want her involved in the conflict itself, because the last thing Naruto wants is to see Hinata get hurt. So, over this two-year time frame, we are pretty much seeing not only the removal of the Curse of Hatred, but the banishment of it. Naruto would form a brotherly bond with Sasuke, and both him and Hinata's feelings would deepen for each other. I'm not talking about Sasuke here. For the people who ship Sasuke and Hinata, which... If you're still shipping fucking characters and shit in What Ifs, I mean, that's okay. But don't be fucking weird about it, okay? Don't be weird about it. Because if you are the type of person to mix the most fucked up people in terms of ships, you should go get a lobotomy, okay? Like, straight up. And I'm not referring to people who ship Naruto characters, okay? It just popped into my head about My Hero characters and the whole shipping thing. Honestly, if you ship any characters in the My Hero fandom, I, f I hate you. Leave right now. No, I'm kidding. It's only the... You know what I'm talking about. I don't really need to explain what I'm talking about. If you've been in the What If community for the last, like, three years, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, more back on track, right? Team Zero as a whole would gain more of a bond, you know? The only people who wouldn't really bond is Hinata's bodyguards, and even then, you know, they would help with training and shit because... Naruto is pretty much trying to learn as much as he can in this two-year time frame. And to say that he would learn a lot is a... It's an understatement. I mean, this is literally the point where he becomes one-shot. So we are talking about Jiraiya, who, for starters, I'm going to give him perfected Sage Mode, and that is just based off of the fact that Naruto is OP, so with this Renegade and seeing, you know, the gate system and all chakra ways and routes, he's going to be able to help Jiraiya Master Senjutsu, which also helps him get stronger. He's also going to help Sasuke with learning Senjutsu and Sage Mode, which makes him a shit ton stronger. Not even just that, but Kakashi would push his Sharingan beyond, not Mangekyo, but he would push it beyond the three Tomoe, and he would gain quite adept control over his Kamui. And this just makes everything a lot better, because with Sasuke eventually unlocking all parts of his Sharingan, pushing his three Tomoe to the max, this means that combined with Sage Mode, it makes him a ridiculous amount of time stronger like just undeniably and the way that naruto would get stronger <laughs> is by helping everyone else get stronger because the stronger they get the more power they can output on him and the best way that naruto would be training during this two years is having everyone attack him at the same time now obviously at first before everyone started trying to get involved with senjutsu attacks and combination of senjutsu attacks what would happen is, uh, they would pretty much just, like, be, <laughs> I'd say gang up on Naruto, like they would, they would all try and attack Naruto at once, but he wouldn't take any, like, permanent damage, right? The, 
like, sorry, it's, I keep, you know, stopping myself from talking, but like, I guess the good way to explain it is for the first couple of months until, you know, Jiraiya fully masters Senjutsu and Sasuke starts getting his Senjutsu mastery down, or even just like the basics and shit of Senjutsu, and even Kakashi getting stronger and shit and learning combination attacks with the other two's Sage um, Chakra. Any damage they do to Naruto is quite simply ineffective. So, yeah, I suppose the first couple of months would be training Team Zero, not Naruto. And then after that, it's everyone getting stronger, pretty much. Now, Naruto would be pretty much ganged up on multiple times a day while he's sleeping, not sleeping, while they're in a fighting simulation, while they're sparring. It doesn't matter. In any situation, any way, shape, or form, he's keeping his instincts sharp and keen and on sight pretty much so naruto would have to learn to dodge and evade almost every attack because he does not know whether it's going to be sage imbued or not and this is simply because of the combined intellect of jiraiya hinata sasuke kakashi and the other two Hyuga guards now with all of their combined intellect they would be able to learn to work together so well that there are times Naruto would think it's a feint, but it's actually a Sage imbued attack, which would do... It would do damage. Anything Sage imbued is going to fucking hurt Naruto. And because of this, it would teach him to, well, instinctually dodge every attack. Otherwise, he may or may not take damage. Like, that's, that's as simple as it is. And it's not to say that anyone has Sage attacks in the Akatsuki... But they do, <laughs> um, or some of them do anyway. Now, I digress, because the whole two years in and of itself would end with everyone not only more physically mature, but more mentally mature as well. And Naruto would have gained control over more than 50% of the Ten Tails chaotic chakra, which pretty much means that... Uh, He's now the dominant one, and uh, <laughs> the Ten Tails has to give everything it's got to stop Naruto from trying to consume it, which is pretty much what Naruto is trying to do. Now, as for Team Zero and where they are heading after this time skip, well, believe it or not, they would actually split up and uh, they <laughs> would go their separate ways. Now when I say this, I mean that Hinata would head back to Konoha with her guards, Kakashi would stick with Sasuke, and Jiraiya would stick with Naruto. As Naruto and Jiraiya head off to take care of Pain, because he is obviously one of the biggest threats to deal with. While, obviously, my boy Sasuke and Kakashi, we already know who they're going to face. K and I... Mm-mm-mm, Kisame and Itachi, the boys. So, and when it, when, no, sorry, in regards to the Sasuke and Kakashi versus Kisame and Itachi fight, well, put simply, it's, uh, it's, it, I don't even know how to put it, you know, like, <laughs> Mike Guy versus Kisame was, a, it was an okay fight, you know, like, yeah. Kakashi's just learnt more finesse, and he's learnt a lot more because of Naruto, and because of the fact 
that Naruto has the King of Hell, they they were like training constantly. They were putting their body under such harsh conditions. They've surpassed, you know, your average Jonin level. Like, you know, put simply, like even just base form, like Sasuke ha has grown exponentially. Like, even more than his canon storyline. It's the same with Hinata, same with Kakashi, same with Jiraiya. And it's all thanks to Naruto and the King of Hell. And the disgustingly rigorous training that they will push through for two years. Basically, two years straight, I suppose, is a good way to put it. Which, uh, I mean, put simply, Itachi will figure out that Sasuke has gotten exponentially stronger in such a short amount of time. I know two years doesn't seem like a short amount of time, but like... It really is, like it, like it is, it's a short amount of time. Like, I mean, dude, we're already in 2023, that proves more than enough. But nonetheless, the fight between Itachi and, you know, Sasuke, it's going to be more evenly matched. And when I say more evenly matched, Sasuke is going to have an upper hand because he's faster, he thinks quicker, and he makes decisions better. Which means it won't take long for him to figure out that Itachi is blind. And with this, Sasuke would actually start having an internal conflict. But that's enough on Sasuke for the moment. As for Kakashi, he would be blitzing Kasame. He would be kicking his ass, man. Like, he would be just toying with him. Like, he'd be pulling out his kunai, he'd be fucking around with lightning clones and pulling Kasame into the ground, fucking around, you know, Pulling off some breakdance moves like my boy Majima Goro. I mean Goro Majima. Why do I keep reversing shit? That's really annoying. Um, no, more to the point though. Sorry, because I keep chasing myself off into tangents. My point that I'm trying to get here is that because of Naruto, not only has Naruto become one shot, he's basically pushing everyone else to get closer to that one shot power type. But in saying that, obviously I did just state that, you know, Sasuke and Itachi were more on equal terms, and I do mean that, you know? In saying that, all the matchups are gonna be more evenly matched except Naruto. And that is obviously because this is basically the one-shot turning point that I was talking about two hours ago. Now, more back to uh, what I was saying. Kakashi would be having fun, you know, like this would be the most fun he's had in a fight in ages and Because of you know, just what he's been subjected to for the past two years like the grueling training They've all gone through the only person who got you know treated like <laughs> I suppose with care and you know um, Attention and shit was Hinata pretty much. He's the only one who got to have breaks and so on and so forth. Naruto, he pushed everyone else through the ringer as much as they pushed him through the ringer. Now, more back to uh, the fights. Naruto and Jiraiya. First, they are going to pull up on Pain. Now, obviously, this is going to be in uh, the land hidden in the rain. I believe that's what it's called. If it's not, I'm going to have to go back and fucking Google all the villages again because there are so many to keep track of. But more back to my point, they would arrive at said village, and just like when Jiraiya rocked up, they would arrive roughly around the same location, close to a tower, before being surrounded. Except this time, 
Naruto and Jiraiya have each other's backs. Now, as they surround the two, Pain would, uh, he would be stuck, to put simply, because Naruto would do something unexpected here. And when I say unexpected, like, this is, like, completely unexpected. This is not, this was, it wasn't even what Jiraiya was expecting, because they had, like, a full-fledged plan to take down each and every Akatsuki member. However, as Naruto was standing there, Pain would slowly begin to realize that this presence, this chakra presence that he can barely feel because it is just that strong, is that of the Ten Tails. However, before he can even finish that thought, Naruto would glare up at him and would completely snap off the connection from the clones. Instead, Naruto would override the chakra receivers in all these clones and take control of them, in which case they would start running back towards the main Akatsuki base. Naruto would then say, let's follow them. From here, Naruto would follow these clones, right, these, these paths of pain if you will, all the way back to the Akatsuki base, in which <laughs> it would take a lot shorter, like uh, a lot shorter, that makes no sense, sorry. It would, it would take significantly less time to get there. And this is obviously because of the power of flight. Naruto would take Jiraiya and they would zoom there. Now as for the paths of pain walking into the Akatsuki base, all of them would be greeted by the other Akatsuki members. Obviously being Kakazu, Hidan, Deidra, Sasori, and then what else is Konan and uh, Obito. Oh, and Zetsu. Yeah. Honestly, I hope I got all of those right. Because I know, obviously, the only people that aren't there are Kisame and Itachi. So, with that being said, Nagato would immediately storm out as the clones walk in and would say, I'm not controlling them. Now, in saying that, Obviously, Nagato is in a severely weakened state here, obviously for something he did in the past. And as Obito turns his head to say, how is that possible? How are you not controlling them? Nagato would say, look, as everyone turns their head and Naruto emerges from in between the paths of pain. He would be just levitating probably let's say 30 centimeters, yeah, 30 centimeters off the ground, and he would just give off this presence of, not omnipotence, but just power, like raw power, like just the concept itself, he is the embodiment of it, like there is nothing you can do to stop this guy. And as they're looking at him, they see, you know, they notice what Nagato's talking about. This kid isn't just the Ten Tails Jinchiriki that they've been looking for. He is also a wielder of the Renegon. And they would just be stuck. Like, that's really the only way to describe it. They would be stuck. Now... Naruto would slowly but surely descend and would put his feet on the ground as he claps his hands twice 
and all the clones, all the paths of pain, would drop and they would be dead. Naruto would then pretty much summon one of his truth-seeking orbs into a staff as he clanks it against the ground and a shockwave paralyzes every single Akatsuki member in the surrounding area, which is the ones that I listed before. Now, Naruto would begin circling them as Jiraiya walks in and sees just what Naruto is capable of now. And this is, this is beyond what Jiraiya had even thought. Because we're talking about a dude whose presence alone makes Jinchuriki hunters shit themselves. And that's saying something, because I mean, it's just, that's big feat, like, in and of itself, like, just presence alone. However, as Naruto makes his way and, you know, finishes circling them, makes it back to the front, he stands in front of Jiraiya as he asks all of them, How do you wish to die? Now, Hidan, obviously, as much as he did feel the fear from Naruto, sort of has the self-realization that he's immortal, or so he thinks, as he runs towards Naruto and begins swinging his scythe. However, in a matter of two moves, Naruto not only parries his scythe, but then proceeds to also snap it, and then rem <laughs> just remove Hidan from the ground like he's a little kid. Again, by the neck, just like he did with Zabuza. Except this time, he begins sucking the energy out of Hidan. Aha, you thought I was going to say something gay, but no, I'm not. <laughs> Suck his soul, no. But yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much that's pretty much what Naruto would do. He, he would rip his soul out. And no, I'm not going to say suck his soul out, because that's... What the fuck is wrong with you? No. <laughs> no, more back to the point, though. After he removes the soul of Hidan... Hidan, he, you know, he drops, and his death is pretty instantaneous as his body starts eroding. Now, I know you're probably wondering, oh, he can't be killed by normal means. Having the soul ripped out is by no means normal means, and not even just that, but Naruto has also acquired his own sage energy to make sure that he stays dead. Now, apart from the first zombie, Kakazu begins running in, except this time he immediately unlatches all of his body parts as he plans to pretty much invade Naruto's insides, that sounds bad, but let me continue, with his strings and, well, pretty much explode him from the inside. Again, that sounds incredibly fucking gay, which, goddamn, no, I'm kidding, but like, that was the plan anyway. And with all of his five hearts, he would try to do a combination jutsu as a feint, but Naruto would quite simply just destroy his hearts. Like, it is not that hard. He has at least six truth-seeking orbs on hand that he can manipulate to his will, and he's holding one of them in his hand. So nonetheless, he would pretty much cancel out this combination jutsu, destroy Kakazu's hearts, and then would begin making his way towards my boy Sasori. In which case, Sasori would impale his uh, his tail, right? The tail of his Hiruka shell 
um, or at least I believe that's that's what it's called. Honestly, it's been so long since I've actually given a fuck about Sasori. Besides this point, though. Um, the tail attached to his Hiruka shell would impale straight through Naruto. Like, it would go straight through, laced in poison and everything. And Sasori would have uh, the look of, like, satisfaction. Like, I've poisoned you, bitch. You can't do nothing. And uh, Naruto would just smile, like, was that supposed to do something? Then, again, with one swift move, he would pretty much tilt his staff, which is a truth-seeking orb. He would tilt his staff towards Sasori's chest, and quite simply sharpen it and extend it, as it punctures out his puppet heart and kills him instantaneously. Next, we move on to Conan. Now, as for Conan, Naruto would look at her and, you know, he would sense that she actually doesn't have any ill intent towards him. So, Naruto would, I mean, quite simply just ignore her, because, I mean, yeah, she's not even worth killing. Like, I know that sounds harsh, but he feels the exact same way about Nagato. Like, he looked at her because, you know, she was kind of pretty. You know, she got that goth vibe going on. We all love bad goth bitches because, I mean, who doesn't? Like, big titty goth bitches are life, okay? Who doesn't dream about that? But, uh, apart from the goth vibe, yeah, he was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill that guy either, referring to Nagato. But he would sort of mutter that, you know? So he turns to the three people left, which are Deiro, Obito, and Zetsu. Now, obviously, Obito by this point has sort of gotten a grasp exactly of everything that has just transcended or transpired, and he would go to try and make an attack on Naruto. However, as he phases through Naruto the first time, Naruto quite simply turns around and literally bashes Obito against the head with his staff. And this is simply because it is a truth-seeking orb. Truth-seeking orbs allow him, the controller of them, Naruto, the controller of the truth-seeking orbs, to cancel out any space-time jutsu. It doesn't even just have to be space-time, literally. Truth-seeking orbs can cancel out any jutsu. I'm pretty sure except talk no jutsu, because that's not actually a thing, it's the conceptual shit. But more to the point though, which was, Obito would get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> like, that's the best way to put it, he would get knocked the fuck out. And uh, after he knocks him out, he thinks he's pretty much dealt with him, because he did put quite a bit of force into this strike. And uh, let's just say... For lack of better words, he gets uh, he gets ragdolled, just like Zabuza and Mizuki did. He's getting that ragdoll treatment. <laughs> and um, after assuming, no, not just assuming, but like feeling like after you know bashing a guy in the head with a staff, truth-seeking orb staff as well, this hard, he's surely got to be dead, or he's surely bleeding out or something. You know, that's that's Naruto's mindset. He's more focused on this this guy who's like a plant. And this other guy who's got like the ugliest blonde ass haircut I've ever seen in my entire life. Now as for Zetsu, he would sense that this dark path, right, the dark side of Zetsu, the black black Zetsu, he's he's different. His origin of chakra is different. It's like it it's like it resonates with him, but not really, you know? Like it's 
it seems familiar, and Naruto doesn't like that. Then, this is when all of a sudden, Naruto gets a fist through the back. And this would be Obito's attempt at, well, trying to kill him, aiming for a vital spot. Little does this dickhead know that he doesn't have Sage Chakra, so there's not really much he can do here. <laughs> and, um, yeah, thanks to the help of Izanagi, of course Obito is not going to die, which is how he was able to sneak up on Naruto. However, Naruto would tell him the same thing he tells everyone. Was that supposed to do something? Obito would quite quickly phase away with Kamui, seeing that there's nothing he can do against this kid. Like he just saw everyone else try, nothing worked, not even another Renegon user could do it. So what the fuck can he do? That's pretty much his thought process on this. But nonetheless, after Obito pretty much gets gaps it out of there, like like literally gaps it out of there as quick as he can, Zetsu would try it next. He would try, except Naruto would know that this this black Zetsu, right? This black ball of chakra, manifestation of chakra, whatever you want to call it, it's it's something different, you know? Like his instincts are telling him this will fuck you up. So Naruto obviously grabs Zetsu's wrist and he just looks at him. Zetsu is obviously trying to merge with him. The reason for why Naruto has no fucking clue. Why would this fucking black manifestation of chakra want to be inside of me? That doesn't, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't, it doesn't anything right. It doesn't fucking, doesn't make sense. Like, in Naruto's mind, that shit don't make sense. So, uh, pretty simply, he gives everyone else the same treatment. The truth-seeking orb treatment. So, Black Zetsu gets his ass demolished. Or more specifically, flattened. And not just, like, pancake flattened. Like, flattened. Flattened. Like, out of existence type of flattened. Uh, and then obviously, there's the last person left. As for Deira, Naruto saved him for the last, as he's aware of Deira's ability of explosion and self-suicide. Now, as for Nagato and Conan, Naruto would uh, tell them to get the fuck out of there. He's like, you've got maybe, what, like a minute, two minutes before this place goes down? You'd probably want to get out of here. So Conan would try her best and would get Nagato out of there. And Naruto would look at Deidara and say, hmm, that shit is fucking ugly. Man, I've been waiting to tell you that for ages. Two years. Ever since I looked at your photo. Two years. I've been waiting to tell you. That haircut is fucking disgusting. Although you're not going to really have much time to appreciate it for, because you're going to be dead in a couple of minutes. And then um, Naruto would proceed to yank the fucking robe straight off of Daedra, like his Akatsuki cloak, rip it straight over, making him like, not butt-ass naked, because that's kind of weird, but just rips enough of it off to expose the mouth on his chest, and would rip the stitches out before, well, st <laughs> this is going to sound wrong, but he's going to start shoving himself inside of himself, and when I say that, 
what I mean is Naruto is going to literally break off parts of Deidara and shove them inside this cavity in his chest, which is not going to only create a C5 explosion, but a C6, which is not even a real thing. But because Naruto is basically got at this point and has both Yin and Yang release, and is sort of basically the Sage of Six Paths, let's just say that is the case. And uh, he creates this new, you know, like, I don't want to say Nagasaki, but that's the only thing that's coming to mind right now. And I know it's offensive, but like, you know, like a fat boy, like a, like a, I can't think of bombs, honestly. I'm not a bomb ex, I'm not a bomb expert. I don't know about explosives, honestly. I could try to act like I know, but I have zero fucking clue about explosives. You know, like, except the basic shit. I'm more of a gun and a sword person, you know, I'm different. Uh, you know what, I'm just fucking weird. A little bit in the head as well, but besides point. So, more of, the, more of what I was actually trying to get to. Um, Naruto would make Deidara eat himself and then blow himself up along with what's, you know, what's left. You know, being the remains of Akatsuki members and, well, the Akatsuki base itself. In which Naruto would get the fuck out of there. I'm kidding, he doesn't need to get the fuck out of there. He would pretty simply shield himself with the truth-seeking orbs. And uh, after he does let the truth-seeking orb shield down, there would be like literally nothing left. It would just be a big fucking crater in the ground. Like, pussy, that's pretty much what it would be. The remains of all the Akatsuki members that were killed by Naruto, gone, dead, erased. Goodbye. Like, that's that's it. As well as Daedra. Naruto would... Uh, then pretty simply get out of there with Jiraiya. Now I know what you're wondering. What, where's Jiraiya been this whole time? Well, Naruto has uh, displayed enough power to simply shut Jiraiya up. And I mean that respectfully. Like, Jiraiya just witnessed all of it. And he was in the truth-seeking orb with, uh, you know, with Naruto. Probably should have specified that a minute ago, but like, yeah. Jiraiya was just kind of left speechless because he wasn't even needed there. Naruto literally could have taken care of it by himself. But nonetheless, moral support, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, Naruto would uh, fly Jiraiya over to where Sasuke and Kakashi are supposed to be. Now, when they do actually arrive over there, you know, I would say it ta would take a good maybe 15 minutes to actually fly over to the location where Sasuke and Kakashi are. And when Naruto arrives there, he would see Naruto, not Naruto, sorry, he would see Sasuke sort of cradling Itachi as he's slowly dying. You know, Naruto can sense his life force slowly fading and Sasuke is obviously feeling intense emotions and remorse and you know that sort of shit but he's also wondering where the fuck Kakashi is like he can't like he can't see Kakashi but as as he encroaches closer and closer he would sense Kakashi and he would know he's in a space-time rift he's in a separate dimension right he's in a pocket dimension and as for how he's gonna get out Naruto is not too sure but I mean, it's his sensei, he's it's probably smart enough to figure it out. Now, I digress though, because Naruto would approach Sasuke and would ask him, do you want me to heal him? And Sasuke would look up at him 
with a new form of uh, pattern in his Sharingan, revealing that of the monk Gekyo, obviously. And as tears are streaming down Sasuke's face, he would indeed nod, pretty much saying, yes, I do. And Naruto would summon the King of Hell, in which it would heal both Sasuke and Itachi, which I suppose gives them quite a wholesome reunion. Although I would like to say that in terms of there being a wholesome reunion for both Kakashi and Obito, sadly, that is not going to happen. <clears throat> Obito's plan, well, originally was to just get the fuck away from Naruto, but now it was to settle his debt with Kakashi and Rin and being a simp. And honestly, I cannot forgive simps who start world wars over pussy because... I mean, dude, that's that's just sad, honestly. Like, yeah, like, there's nothing much else to say. Like, that's just sad. But nonetheless, Naruto, not Naruto, sorry, Kakashi would get his closure with Obito in terms of, you know, them sort of coming to terms with what happened and being okay that this is the outcome or the end result. Now, in terms of Itachi being healed, this does mean his blindness, and yes, this means that they're all going to be back to health and this ninja cancer that Itachi had, that's going to be gone. Um, even though it probably can't be cured, you know, but I digress because like I said, Naruto is basically God and I'm almost three hours into this and I'm sick of talking. So I'm literally saying anything that comes into my head. Now, more back to the story wise line, I suppose. After all debts are paid and all seeds are sown naruto would take team zero back to kanoha or otherwise known as their homeland kona hagakure as naruto sasuke kakashi itachi and jiraiya encroach upon kanoha obviously there are going to be a couple of ambu members wondering why the fuck itachi is back um, Hiruzen would be there with Tsunade, Hinata, you name it. They would all be sitting there, one, like, waiting, because the only information they got was that they may or may not come back. Obviously, that, <clears throat> that was said ironically. I mean, Naruto's with them. Of course, they're going to come back. But, you know, we need to have some sort of underlying factor of, like, oh, no, he could potentially loot. I'm kidding. I told you from the start, he's not going to. So, as they approach or encroach upon, you know, Naruto would immediately hop off and he would see Hinata there, unscathed, she's fine, and this would, this would give him a sense of relief, this sense of just, she's, she's okay, you know, I was stressing for nothing. So, Naruto's main worry that entire time was that someone might sneak into the village while he's dealing with the Akatsuki and try to hurt her, you know, that, that was his main priority, but she's unscathed. She's fine. She's doing well. So, that is very good. I don't know, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Team Zero would return. Naruto would pretty much, like, dash straight towards Hinata. Giving her a huge hug and telling her just how much he is grateful that she's okay. And, you know, she would, uh, she would say those three magic words to him. Or, more specifically, whisper them to him. And as she does this, Naruto would change, you know? And when I say change, 
the hole in his heart would not only be fixed, his psyche would return to that of a healed state. His form, like his Jinchuriki form, would change. Like his hair color would change. The tone of his skin would begin changing. He wouldn't be as flaky. Um, obviously, he would still have scales. He would be emitting a different type of aura now. And his overall intent is different. You know, it's got this warm light to it instead of this undying darkness, never-ending darkness, you know? And with that, Naruto has... He's been accepted, and he's achieved his goal. He doesn't he doesn't give a shit about being Hokage. That, that never bothered him. He's now been accepted by the one person that matters most. Um, or at least in his mind. Obviously, Sasuke is still important to him. So is Kakashi. So is Jiraiya. And obviously, the village is like, yeah, Naruto, we totally didn't, like, you know, torture you and give you PTSD and depression as a kid, but, like, yeah, we're happy for you. Anyway, you get the point. In every canonical timeline, the villagers are fake-ass people, and they all deserve to die. Nagato so totally shouldn't have brought them back. They didn't deserve it. And they didn't deserve Naruto. Fuck Konohagakure. They suck. Anyway, I suppose that wraps up this what if. As for, um, you know, any other ties off to the story that may need to be done, such as what happens with Sasuke and Itachi's eyes, what happens with Kakashi and Obito, what happens with fucking Boruto. You know what? Honestly, I feel like Boruto is probably still gonna be a thing. No, actually, I take that back. I really hope it's not. <laughs> it doesn't really fucking matter, though. So, um, yeah. You know what? I'm going to leave all the story tied up ends up to you guys because, honestly, today was just a day for freestyling off the top of my head. Getting back into the algorithm with this movie. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. But, yeah. You know, I'd say that pretty much sums it up, honestly. Uh, I know today's what if is... uh probably not the greatest it's definitely not the most structured by any means and um if you guys are still watching i do appreciate it i really do because it means that you have made me a shit ton of money um or probably not a shit ton of money but you've made me enough money to get by um so thank you for watching through this it does mean a lot if uh, if you fuck if you enjoyed the video if you disliked the video leave a like leave a dislike fucking tell me why you thought it was shit tell me why you thought it was good I you know I don't really care fucking it is what it is you know and I'm hoping to slowly get back into the more like canonically accurate what ifs but this one I suppose was just more of a fucking you know like fuck it why not let's get it done and out the way I know I wanted to you know I had this fear of not getting it done but um <laughs> and you know not doing it right but meh it's not like i've got much time on the platform left so fuck it we ball you know we may as well get it done anyway um fuck i just keep going off on tangents and shit eh? i'd say that pretty much wraps up today's movie make sure okay to go subscribe to the one and only Lalo, okay, link in the description, that's my boy, go subscribe to him, he makes all of my thumbnails, and he is also formerly known as Aizen, otherwise known as Bleach Unbound, but you can just call him Lalo as everyone else does, 
And uh, yeah, with that being said, I'll see you guys in the next video. Peace out, stay safe, and I love yous. Bye-bye.